and welcome to our Poppin' Bottles. This is a podcast about pop music where every week we discuss current pop music events and we also dissect one album from a non-male pop star. My name is Kayla Mayshane Garvin. Hi, my name is Justin Ganaway. And this week we have a very special guest joining us today. Uh, would you like to introduce yourself? Oh, yes. My name's Alice Varma, <laughs> and I am Kayla's best friend from high school, and I am a TV and digital producer in London. Great. And we have an honestly iconic UK-themed episode coming up for you today. Um We've been off the air for about a week, and we'll go right into our current events. Um, so I think probably most of you are aware sort of like a major current event that's been sort of affecting me um, emotionally, mentally. Uh, in the past week, last uh, Tuesday, so we're recording this episode on Sunday, March 21st. Um, and last Tuesday night, uh, there was a shooting in three Georgia massage businesses. Um, eight people were killed, including six Asian women. And uh, it's been um, pretty rough, I would say. I just, it's been really hard. It's a very um, painful thing. And I think, uh, at least for me, you know, I think I've been learning a lot too. You know, like I sort of, as someone who is mixed in Asian, like I, I never really took an Asian American studies class and I, you know, have been teaching myself Asian American history over the past like 10 ish years, but there's still so much I don't know. And so much I'm learning this week. Um, and so I guess I just wanted in this current events to sort of hold space for that and whatever people might be feeling around that event, um, to say that, uh, you know, we sort of need to dismantle white supremacy in all its forms as it affects, you know, all marginalized races in America, particularly um, in this instance as it relates to Asian people. But, um, you know, also we've talked about on this podcast, Black Lives Matter. Um, and there's so many th like concrete things that we can do to eradicate white supremacy and um, to make sure that all of our communities are safe. So I just want to take this moment to encourage you to, you know, get educated, like read books, read articles, listen to podcasts, um, you know, donate your money, donate your time and uh, see if there's a local organization that you want to support or get involved with in, because there are a lot of organizers on the ground doing the work that have been doing the work for years. So um, um, yeah. And also, if you uh, another great thing that people can do is bystander intervention training. If you're interested in that, um, I know that there are a lot of resources online for you know how to get involved if you see. Um, someone being targeted because of race or gender or any of these sort of marginalized identities, um, how you can be a helpful advocate and de-escalate situations um, in real life. Um, yeah, uh, so that's our first current event. Anything to add about sort of our situation here in America from our correspondence in the Midwest and across the pond? Well, it's it, it's so hard to watch everything go on in the U.S. from across the pond. I mean, it just feels like every 
week, if not day, there's something horrific that is so like obviously rooted in, like you said, like white supremacist values and like patriarchal values and like, and especially with like the U S having access to people in the U S having access to guns. Like, it's just so, it's so hard to watch all these things unfold and know that like, there's obviously no quick fix to like dismantling white supremacy, but with guns, at least like there is a solution and it just is so painful to see like that be so cast aside, you know? And, um, and yeah, I don't know. It's just weird as, as like uh, an American, but also British person to, to like, not be there when things are happening because you feel kind of detached and it's just it's awful i i just i feel so sad for everyone so yeah and also the bystander intervention training i feel like they should have that in that that should be like compulsory in every company like that should be something that every organization trains their employees in and there should i mean there just should be like so much more like sensitivity and inclusion training in every organization. And that should be like a priority. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, it's awful. And I'm just sorry. Absolutely. It's, it's devastating. It's so sad. And it's, you know, this is an act of domestic terrorism and I would like to see it like covered like that by the media. I would like, and it sucks that these types of incidences have to happen in order for people to, become more educated but i also feel feel the call to to become more educated as well and i hope that we can move towards a future where this doesn't happen but a lot of work has to be done in the meantime so it's it sucks yeah absolutely yeah um well something that i think i believe in something that i think this this podcast really um is about is um you know taking a look not only at um like pop music as like a um, source of, you know, fun and frivolity, but also as a source of like culture and um, a way to bring people together. Um, So in that respect, uh, we have not yet discussed what pop stars we feel like this week. Um, I'll start uh, this week. The pain in my veins is hereditary. I do feel like Rina Sawayama this week um, with her album about intergenerational trauma and like being uh, like a, uh, an immigrant from Asia. I'm really feeling her um, her album this week, and um, I love her immensely. And also, current event, she is uh, nominated for a Rising Star Brit Award, which she was not, not uh, eligible for last year because of weird eligibility rules. Um, Alice, do you feel prepared to answer this question? What pop star do you feel like this week? Um, first of all, I just want to say I love Rena. And I, with the show that I was just working on, we tried to get her to be one of the panelists. And we couldn't. She was too busy. But I'm going to keep trying for the next series. Oh, my God. If um, you tell her I love her. <laughs> <laughs> I will be like, I will put, sit her down and I will be like, listen, Kayla loves you and you need to know. Um, uh, who do I feel like? I feel like, oh, it's like a hard one. Um, I, I think I have felt like Rihanna this week because I feel like I've had a real like boss week where I've just like taken charge. Cause we had the shoot that I was working on and like, 
um, I just like took charge and I felt like it was, it was like very, so the, the series is about, um, it's like four women. It's like women having conversations with each other about like things that we go through as women. And it just felt very like female power, um, take no shit. Uh, I'm a boss, fuck men. I don't need them. That type of vibe. Um, and so, yeah, I think Rihanna, 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 Justin, how do you feel? Well, we're coming up on almost exactly a year since we went into lockdown. My resume is becoming more and more vague. Um, I'm feeling forgotten. That's so I feel like Mandy Moore. I she's on This Is Us. She's she is not forgotten. She oh is yes, thriving. All right, let's move on to our next current event. Um, let's talk about something that's uh, happened, I think, about two weeks ago to the day uh, was the Oprah interview with Harry, um, Prince of wherever he is, a prince of, and <laughs> Wales. <laughs> Wales, Prince of Wales. Yeah. And um, Megan, who, what's, what's her, are, are, do they not have any titles Sussex, anymore? Sussex, but I don't think they have titles anymore. Okay, so we have our resident UK hun with us today to give us her take on this situation and also maybe to help us ex- help explain some things um, that maybe... I have, I have some questions. So we haven't talked about this yet. I'm so excited to talk about it, but I'm also, um, let's recap a little bit for our viewers. Uh, since this did happen a couple of weeks ago, what were some of the major takeaways from this Oprah interview that, um, things we learned, et cetera. Well, there was the bombshell um, of the interview with that spawned a thousand Oprah reaction gifts, where Megan talked about a member of the family um, sort of asking what her future baby's skin color would be um, and what he would look like. So that was like, I think the big one that they teased that was huge. I have questions about this particular issue for you, Alice, because I feel like the internet has been really uh, analyzing who this person might be. Oprah asked Megan, and she declined to answer. Um, And then Harry, she asked Harry, and Harry declined to answer. But then Harry made clear after the interview that it was not the queen nor her husband. Um, the internet has been like speculating and stuff. And what I have been seeing and what makes sense to me is that it's either Harry's dad or it's William, his brother. Alice, what is the word on the ground in the UK? (laughs) Who do you think said this fucking vile shit? (laughs) Wow. The word on the ground in the UK. Um, I have been hearing the same things uh so when when she said that on the interview my first reaction was oh it's got to be prince philip because everyone knows that he's a fucking racist um but she said they said it wasn't him so okay um my next thought was charles because he is i think quite a horrible person um like he obviously was was at, oh please don't wee on my bed please 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 oh no please 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 sorry <laughs> for our listeners at home Alice is dealing with her cat <laughs> I'm sorry 
<laughs> it's perfect. I, yeah. Okay. <laughs> oh my God. She just gets, she loves the feeling of the sheets and she just gets comfortable and she decides to pee. Um, yeah. So I, uh, yeah, I thought maybe Ch- Charles, but a lot of people are saying that they think it was William and they think that it was, uh, a reason for their rift. Um, cause uh, it seems that they're not speaking. And, uh, I know Prince William was asked at an event, like, or not an event, or he was, he was going to do some charity work or something. And he was asked if he'd spoken to his brother and he was like, not yet. Um, so yeah, I, I, I think it might be, to be honest, like it, it, it doesn't even really matter who it was. The fact that it was like a person that close to them is awful. And also Prince William's reaction to being like asked about it was we are very much not a racist family which is just like oh my god that could couldn't be oh there couldn't be like a worse answer to that question it's like for anyone who didn't think that they were racist because they're like probably racist themselves that doesn't that's like cool yeah they're not racist for anyone who knows the reality it doesn't like like we're, we're not convinced we're not sold here like you've basically just proven our point which is that you are racist because you are benefiting from centuries of colonial oppression and anyway <laughs> no totally like uh, I, have, I feel very passionate about this whole situation yeah i mean their family literally colonized half of the world and they're like we're not racist like <laughs> good luck uh i just don't believe you um i yeah. <laughs> and they You're didn't wrong. really colonize that many white places either it's like if you weren't racist you know go to germany um but they didn't <laughs> they did go to france though i can't i can't they have a war with france or something um and, uh, yeah but also I, go for it even taking putting aside the like centuries of colonialism that conversation and the way that megan has been treated is so rooted in racism and for them to just outright just be like we're not racist it doesn't it doesn't explain like where that conversation comes from and like their behavior now. It's like, okay, so even if you were totally to ignore wh- what your privilege, where your privilege comes from and your, your wealth and your status and everything, how you've behaved has not reflected the fact that you are seemingly not racist. Like what, please explain, like, please elaborate. Like that's, it's just so lazy to be like, well, we're not racist. Like, and then <laughs> mic drop, like, it's like, what, <laughs> Oh, I have so many questions for you. Yeah. I feel like they're ill-equipped. I also want to point out that all three of us on this pod right now were in the UK for uh, Megan and Harry's wedding a few years ago. We all, Justin and I watched it together in Bath. Um, Alice, I think you were filming something at the time. Yeah. Um, so we all witnessed the nuptials in the UK, hun. And um, <laughs> I, I'm glad they were able to get out. I wish them happiness. I also wish them, you know, I had a question, but this is also like, we'll move on in a second, but I have one more thing I wanted to talk about, which was, I want to talk about it. Yeah, me too. I felt like they were really, um, 
nice to the crown in the interview with Oprah. I honestly thought it was going to be more bombshelly. I thought they were going to go a little bit harder. The sort of refusal to name who said that, like, I get it, of course, especially, you know, as you know, someone who's mixed with white family members, you don't always want to ride so hard on people you're that close to because it's um, not sustainable, right? Like, do you want to have any sort of relationship with these people? But also um, I felt like, the overall message I got from them was like, we want to do the work of like being ambassadors to the Commonwealth and like supporting the crown, just not in the way that they wanted us to, which I'm still sort of like, I'm just not a big fan of the monarchy, even though I'm a fascinated by it. Like I'm obsessed (laughs) with it, but I do, I'm sort of like, Oh, so you went through all this stuff and like, you are still saying we want to support the crown. I, I wish that they would just be a little meaner, but maybe that's just me. What do you think? It was weird. I I picked up on that as well, but I actually felt like it was sort of, um, I felt like Megan actually felt more responsibility to be like nicer to the crown. And because she does because she's aware of how she's perceived and because people are like, well, she's manipulating Harry. And so I feel like she had to come into that interview with like a certain amount of respect, whether or not like that's something she should have done is something that I feel like the, the, the pressure she may have been feeling. And then I thought there was kind of a disparity because Harry seemed a little bit more like a loose cannon because he's <laughs> only ever gotten his like media training from the family so in an interview that's like in opposition to the family I feel like we got more slips from him as far as like my dad won't return my calls like I yeah so I was like this is kind of fun let's talk to Harry by himself but (laughs) (laughs) let's get him drunk and let him get crazy (laughs) with everything that he tells us um that's a very weirdly phrased sentence um I agree with you, Justin. I think Megan had to be so careful in how she answered questions. Um, and I just, I just, I feel like very passionate about this whole thing. And I feel like I have a very specific perspective on it because I'm, I'm English. My parents are English. I've lived here for like 12 years. I grew up spending all my summers here. My family are from the UK. Uh, but I grew up in the U.S. and um, I am mixed race, and I have, I feel like I have this like understanding of maybe her lack of under her lack of like knowledge going into the monarchy, but also how in the U.K. it's such a classist society, and the monarchy are so kind of revered in a very like subtle way, um, and they do have so much power power and influence. And I think, um, interest. So like your point, Kayla, of, I wish that they would be meaner and I wish that they would leave kind of, and kind of just be like, bye monarchy. Like we don't need you. Yeah. I get that too. But I also think that in a way they, I think what they had hoped was like, we can change this system and like, we can use this for good and we can like, we can retain this link to tradition and British culture, which is like, there are a lot of like really cool things about it. A lot of horrible, dark things about it, but we can retain that link, but also like grow and evolve and like bring in a new energy. And like, that could be amazing. And I think the Royal family have fucked up so massively in not allowing Megan to 
take on that role and not supporting her because I think that could have been really good for everyone and, and for the Royal family's image. Um, and, and I think also Harry, like it's his, it's his life. It's all he's known. It's his life. Like he, I feel like it must not be that easy for him to walk away from it. Like I'm already so impressed that he's walked away this much and that he's like speaking up against them because I don't know. I think one of the big takeaways from it, like apart from like ob- the obvious racism and like really bad, like treatment of Megan and the press, like the press is like a whole extra thing. But I think something that was very, it really reflected for me was the British mentality of like, keep calm, carry on stiff upper lip. Like we all suffer. Don't step out of line. Like how dare you try and uh, like complain about suffering because like we have all suffered and it's a very American thing to like want to talk and to, to sort of push back. And it's not a British thing to push back at all. And the way that it's very clear, the way that they handle their scandals is like stupid and doesn't work because everybody is clearly, as Harry said, trapped and like miserable. And you saw it with Diana and you saw it with Megan and you've seen, and like Margaret and, um, there have been so many situations in the family and like Edward, um, who abdicated for to be with Wallace and like obviously there's questionable shit there too but like you can there's such a pattern of like no stay in line and like shut the fuck up and like just suffer or get out and it clearly like has just harmed everyone in the family but they're stuck in this like revolving door and I think oh shit I just spilled my drink on my lap (laughs) um I think that they're just stuck in that and I think that's really a reflection of British values. And there's recently, there's been so much talk about like, um, you know, being more open about looking after your mental health. And even before the pandemic, we had a really famous TV presenter kill herself, um, in the UK. And it sparked like a lot of discussion, like right before the pandemic last year. And, and I think we're still in the UK really struggling to, understand the importance of like allowing people to seek help and to support them and and that like scandal can be addressed and like dealt with and it doesn't have to be like pushed under the carpet which is what the the sort of um go-to is here and that it's it's really hard to watch it all unfold and and for them to be like repeating these patterns and to and to not like for them not to get out of it because you can so clearly see if you pull away like oh there's there's a solution here like be honest about your flaws and people will, uh, accept you and they just can't do that. Um, and also, sorry, I feel like I'm just like going on no, and on. This but is so good. I also wanted to say, like, I think that the interview was very much for white viewers. Yeah. Um, I think that the reactions between Megan and Oprah, um, were not, I, I think when people say things like, Oh, they, it felt like they were acting. It's like, well, the thing is they, if they were two black women having a conversation between themselves and saying like, listen, like this family member was racist. I'm pretty sure as a person of color, like, and I'm sure Kaylee, you, you feel the same. Like you wouldn't be like, Oh, what? You would be like, Oh yeah. Fucking like, obviously. Right. Like you would just, you would just be like, yeah, like, of course they're fucking racist. Like it's so normal. It's so commonplace. Like it's such a, uh, like a heavy burden to bear. And I, I don't, I don't think 
either of them were necessarily shocked at the racism, um, hurt for sure and angry. Yes. But like shocked, no. Um, and so those kind of reactions were like for the white audiences. And I think the, um, the way in which I just think Megan had to be so careful because she had to like sell it to the white audiences, but also stand her ground. And I just, yeah, I, 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 I really feel like protective of her. Um, and I, I feel angry at everybody like coming for her and I've seen people coming for her from both sides, like people being like, she's anti-black and like, she's, you know, and it's like, yeah, but she's a product of society. Like she's got like, of course, as a mixed race person, you end up having to use your white privilege to like get through life and, and to succeed. And that's not her fault. Like, even if it, even if it has been, um, even if it is true, like, it's not, that's not her fault. Like, why are we attacking her? You know? I think you had so many amazing points. Thank you for sharing all of that with us. I think that's a really, <laughs> no, sorry, I, like I really, really do. Long. I really valued that. And I think, um, I agree with you. Um, shall we talk about the Grammys? yeah (laughs) so grammys were last week um at some point we'll release an episode for the from the vault where we have very poorly timed predictions that are since totally uh irrelevant but um let's talk about two major categories here and anything else we want to discuss miscellaneously um we want to talk about taylor winning album of the year for folklore and also um, Megan the Stallion winning Best New Artist. Um, and both, both I think, also won other awards. But um, what were our takes on the Grammys? It was weird, first of all. I caught, like, a little bit of it. I w- it was in and out 30 minutes, kind of here or there. But it was, like, brunch. They were like, we don't want to do a fully online thing, so we're going to invite, like, the greatest hits of pop stars to all sit in this little courtyard have brunch and watch people get awards and it was wild Beyonce was on her phone for part of it which seemed kind of like the best possible way to get through it Um, (laughs) (laughs) so that like was exciting and it also it it was such a weird sort of um program because the Grammys has to have come under such fire in recent years for like only awarding white artists, only awarding men. And so it seemed like they had done a little bit of the work to acknowledge that. And we're trying like to virtue signal throughout the, um, the production of the Grammys. And yet still in like the key categories, they gave it to the wrong person and it was still like bullshit. So I was, um, I was mostly upset by the Grammys, um, and that's just like my general takeaway from it. Valid, Alice. Do you have any Grammy thoughts? No, I, I now I wish that I had watched it so that I could contribute. But um, I just I don't know. I feel kind of disillusioned with award shows um, at this point in life, um, and so I kind of just let it pass me by. Um, but uh, I like. I loved folk folklore. So like, I think I'm happy about that. And, um, yeah, that's kind of the only, literally like one of the only things that I saw from the Grammys was like 
clips of Dua Lipa's performance where she looked incredible. And I was like, wow, I wish I could afford plastic surgery <laughs> and a trainer. <laughs> um, she did look incredible. I also loved her soft choreo, her little like half doing, laying on the ground and then yeah. kicking her legs. Whatever, girl, yeah. you can dance, but it's cute. Um, <laughs> you look good. Yeah. All right. So our last Can't item let- of current events to discuss is sorry did I cut someone off no I was just wondering what your perspective was oh I agree with both of you like I I didn't watch the full show I've seen a few clips online it seemed weird I don't think that the right people won um but you know it's an award show so that's sort of the deal I uh, on Alice's train of thought it's like it's not the idea of saying like album of the year is already so wild. I can't believe that this still exists. I mean, like, what do you mean album of the year? Okay. Like I don't think, and even to me, like if you just say album of the year for me, I love folklore as you can listen to our very long folklore episodes. I love folklore, but it's not album of the year for me. Like the fact that that one album of the year is a little bit ludicrous, but at the same time, like I, sure give Taylor another word, especially at the Grammys, which are so sort of like, um, holy in terms of what they, they're sort of like, yeah, antiquated. So like awarding Taylor Swift, if, if they think awarding Taylor Swift is progressive, they can keep deluding themselves. Like it's fine. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That's their version of progressive stream. (laughs) What were you going to say? I just want to talk about, okay, two things, LOL. One, what did you think of Taylor's, like, award show dress? Like, the gown with the, or, like, the the cocktail-ish floral embroidery thing with the matching mask. Um, What did we think? It was Oscar de la Renta. It is sort of like a, uh, I don't know if it's nude illusion or something, but then it's lots of embroidered flowers on it. Um, I thought the texture was lovely. I think she looks nice in it. It's a very nice spring moment. Is it fashion? Is it moving the culture forward? Absolutely not. But Taylor never does. She's not a look queen. But it's it's pretty, and I think she looks pretty in it. I wish she would let someone heat style her bangs, but that's it. <laughs> <laughs> I hated yeah. it. I thought she looked hideous. And all, really? And, yeah. She like a I little wood nymph. So she, but she looked so good in her like performance sort of floor link jacquard dress that I was like, why didn't you wear that for mm-hmm. just everything? Like that was gorgeous. Was and this, yeah, I, you're right. It was brunch. <laughs> I hated it. She got the assignment. She said, tea length, honey, I'm there. <laughs> Yeah, this is a very brunch look, very spring brunch. Um, yeah. <laughs> it's pretty. Like, I, I think it's pretty, and I like the flowers. But, yeah, it's very, um, like, uh, kind of unoriginal, I guess. Like, I've seen it before. Um, like, I would wear it, and it's like, shouldn't you be wearing something that, like, I could never wear, you know? Like, because I yes. can't afford it. Like, like I could probably get, like, H&M do all those collaborations. Like, I'm sure I could get a dress like that at H&M. 
I could um, make that dress. Like, it's really not a hard drape. It's a circle skirt and a bodice that fits with a I saw fabric. somebody make this dress on TikTok. So really? it's doable. Yeah. Let's all make it. Let's all make Let's- it. But you need one of those embroidery sewing machines. And I watched this woman sat there for like eight hours while her machine did all the embroidery of the flowers, um, you, which was wild. You can get that fabric at Joanne, though. It looks like a pre-embroidered fabric. I'm sorry. I know. <laughs> um, <laughs> Taylor Swift, get Justin to design your dress. (laughs) Yes, Um, please. Also, just quick thing. I I think it was song of the year that they gave to Billy, who didn't even do an album. She just released like a one-off single. And it Mm was... Didn't even chart. Like it didn't even chart that well. And it's sh- like, and she came up and was like, "This should have been Megan's." And like, I'm bored of seeing a white person come up and say like, "This should have been Beyonce's." This should have been Megan's. But um, I was mad. That was like the most infuriating part. Anyways. Yeah. Agree. Yeah. Hard agree. <laughs> it's time for our last piece of current events, which is Bing Bang Bong. Here we are. UK Drag Race finale aired this past week. Um, we have crowned the winner, and um, it is Lawrence Cheney. What do we think? What are our takes? <sighs> Lawrence Cheney. Lawrence Cheney. Um, yeah. I want to hear your perspective, Alice, on, yeah, I want to hear yours first. I just, because I feel like there's more insight with, like, how the audience is watched and rooted for these queens. So I want to know, like, how significant is it that, like, a Scottish queen came in and won? And is, like, that exciting? And how is that being perceived? Well, I, okay, so the first thing is I, I feel like this was a very, very good uh, season and everyone really loved it. And, and, and I think there's like a kind of mutual agreement that the break really was like helpful. Like people kind of appreciated that having that break and, and seeing the, the energy shift from the first half to the second half, like it's just really interesting. And I, I, you just can't organically um, make that happen. So um, it's cool that like, I guess we got to see that. Um, and I think that, uh yeah it's interesting like amongst my friends um a lot of people were rooting for Bimini so there was a bit of disappointment but I, but at the same time um I think there's there was also like an agreement that when you get to the final it almost doesn't matter and you're just like happy to see who's made it to the final um and I think a Scottish queen winning is um it is significant. I mean, the UK is very interested in regionality right now. And so I almost, I, and also working in TV, I I often have like kind of, um, a little bit of, uh, what's the word jaded thoughts where I'm like, Oh, well, you know, maybe they just like orchestrated it so that she would, you know, they, they decided the producers were like, we should have a Scottish queen win. Um, but, but I'm sure that that's not the case. Um, and, uh, yeah, I, I, I can't remember what your questions were, but I just, I think generally the, the, um, the vibe this for, for this series was like, everyone really, really loved it and enjoyed watching it. And it was very fun and engaging and, um, people really like took to all the Queens. I actually, one of my friends 
um, was on it this series. And so I felt very like personally invested. Um, she didn't make it to the final, but, um, and favorite though. I, I love her. I love, I love Tia her. coffee. I love Tia coffee. I'm yeah. so happy. I, she, I, I'm really, really, um, like, happy for her that people are finally like seeing like uh, not just people are finally seeing her but just like the world is is seeing like how talented and funny and intelligent she is and um yeah I just I think it's amazing I, I love how like loved sh- she's been um amongst the fans but um yeah, I don't know. I think that that I, I was a little bit disappointed that Bimini didn't win, but then I was actually talking to a friend today, and um, he was like, yeah, but I think that Lawrence would benefit more from uh, having, like, a series, you know, like, having a show, and Bimini, they're just going to go down different routes, and Bimini is probably going to do maybe a little bit more, like, activism-y type um, drag like stuff and Lawrence is is going to do more of the performing and like grand kind of um stuff you know what I mean yeah um but yeah I feel like it's it's shitty though I've heard that Lawrence is getting a lot of like abuse online which is isn't really sad to hear because um somehow the drag race fan base is so fucking toxic and so lovely at the same time but like they really come for the queens who are you know, like the, the fandoms are really intense in a way that I think is not healthy, especially, you know, we see this around race too. And drag race fans is like, it gets really weird, really fast. Um, I was team Bimini. I'm happy that Lawrence won. I'm fine with Lawrence winning. Um, but I will be team Bim till I die. I loved Tia coffee. And I have to just say my top four, like given how the season shook out, it went so south for me when taste and Ahura had to lip sync against each other. And I know I didn't uh, do it, but I still think it would have been more dramatic to have yeah. top four be taste, Ahura, uh, Lawrence and Bim and like Ellie mm-hmm. Diamond, like I'm sorry, no, like go home. I she seems nice. She's well, she seems I, smart. Um, but I, I have a, a soft spot for her. I think she's just yeah. young and she's, she's so, maybe a little bit. That's the other thing is all these queens are like 21 to 23 years old, and that's I mean it's so impressive, but it's also like they're children. They're children. <laughs> I know. Uh I was team Bimini too. I was so sad because I feel like Bim showed so much and she just like really earned every single win that she got. But also, I mean, it's not like she's not gonna do incredible on All Stars, plus walk runways, plus be like an incredible activist. And just and I also feel like she interacted with like the producers of Drag Race in a different way than we've ever seen any queen do it. She was sort of just so unbothered the entire time and so funny. So I was obsessed. I I agree. I think it was like a a really great, probably the best season of Drag Race I've seen in a really, really long time. And I'm glad that like the queens brought it. Uh, And I have a soft spot for Ahura, I feel. I love Ahura! Oh, I'm obsessed with Ahura. I think she, and and I, oh, go ahead. I was just going to ask Alice, because Cameron and I have done our own research on this, but I was going to ask about the stand-up episode on which Ahura got eliminated when they bleeped her whole routine. What we could find online was what that they gaped was she said that both she and her nan had... 
what they what they gaped oh my god sorry what they believed <laughs> was that she and her nan had gaping assholes and that that was the thing <laughs> that they couldn't present on the bbc and then that, that was the thing that was too dirty oh, that got I them sent hate home. the bbc is that what's what's the deal with that is that like because i felt like a lot of the other queens too were saying stuff that was way more filthy than that like a gaping ha- asshole to me is like well you just said the word cunt 25 times like where's the arbiter but what do we what what do we think (laughs) homophobia um (laughs) oh i think think, uh i mean i didn't i don't know i I didn't i wasn't sure what ahora actually said in her stand-up, my guess was something about like having something up her bum. Like it, it was. I, I, I guess that it was like something to do with like fucking and like maybe she said like we both had big cocks up our asses or or something like that. You know, like <laughs> something that was like too sexual to say on uh, the BBC and that definitely would have involved assholes. <laughs> um, and. Uh, I guess the BBC just, uh, I don't know. I, I like already have, I don't, I'm not a fan of the BBC. So, um, I, I don't know. I can't, I don't know. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's interesting that that's what you gathered. How, where did you hear that? Like, how did you find that out? Cameron found it on Cam, How did you find that out? I just, I just looked on Twitter for an unbleeped version of that clip. And there was like a two minute segment, I think. Oh, so you actually got to listen to it? Like somebody, what, somebody leaked it or something? Yeah, I guess somebody leaked it. I I was wondering if maybe in the UK, if they didn't bleep it and somehow bleep, well, no, that wouldn't make sense. We're watching the UK version. I don't know. I I didn't really understand. Uh, I I think Kayla read somewhere that um, Ahura's non asked... Oh, the BBC. That's right. That's right. They reached out to a Horace Nan, and the Horace Nan was like, "Don't air that." And but, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Actually, I don't know what happened. I don't know what happened. I'm gonna no. Actually, I just, my friend um, was a runner on that series, so I, I'll ask her and I'll I'll get back to you because yes, she might know. Behind the know scenes, yes, will remember. This um, is untucked. Uh, <laughs> Insider <laughs> info. I love. <laughs> Um, she's also working on the next season, which is filming now. So I'm just like, come on, like, hurry up. I need more. I do race. too. I thought um, the UK version too was really incredible. Justin, I'm sorry. I cut you off to ask about Ahura and gaping assholes. Would you like to continue? <laughs> I'm glad that we brought that up. Cause that's probably the most contentious episode of the season. But all oh I, I, I agree with Alice. What you were saying is that like the break was really nice, especially for Ahura because I feel like Ahura really took stock of how she was being perceived and how she was acting and then came back with such this, um, an amazing point of view. And so, yeah, with re- yeah. reality te- television, you can't manufacture a fucking break for COVID. And what a fascinating thing to watch. Like, it's so cool. Yeah, I agree. I also really ended up loving Tace. Um, yeah. I didn't love Tace in the beginning and I ended up feeling really fond of her. And... Um, I don't know. She's just so like, I feel like she's just so authentically herself in the things that she says. And it's not, it just comes out of her mouth. And, um, I don't know. She, she just, there's something about her. I I actually, at the end and in the final, I think I would have, I think I would have been more rooting for Tace or Bimini than 
Lawrence or um, Ellie. Although I did, I was saying to Kayla um, the other day, like I was howling at Ellie Diamond's like Dirty Diamond. I couldn't, <laughs> was it, is it Dirty Diamond? Is that what her dirty. name was? Where no. she, yeah, like <laughs> I love cock or whatever. She <laughs> I just, I just, it was just so weird that I loved it. <laughs> Incredible. So we are here to discuss one thing in one thing only now in the second half ish of the <laughs> podcast and that is the album spice by the beatles um and this album was dropped uh by paul and john on january 1st 1996 um of course this album is officially by the spice girls but you know monikers so uh we always start with this question uh where were you when this album dropped january 1st 1996 alice where were you at that time january 1st 1996 mountain view california uh well I was uh I would have been I'm really really bad at math so I guess I would have been six years old yeah or seven years old I know I would have been six years old recently yeah you were better recent really recently six I would have just turned six (laughs) I would have been I would have been in my uh in my house, I guess, with my family in Mountain View, California. Uh probably not aware, probably not aware of the iconic day that it was. Um and probably uh like being a six year old and just being like a weirdo. That's um, lovely. I, I don't think I was Spice Girls at that at that age. Justin, where were you? January first. 1996. I don't think I want to know. <laughs> um, I would have been about. I would have been six months old at that oh point. God, Jesus. <laughs> Um, I was, um, I was a preemie. And so like by the time I was like six months old, I was really, really small. And so my mom would like bring me out to like go shopping or something. And then, um, like women would come up to her and sort of berate her for taking a newborn shopping, um, which is one of my favorite parts, like <laughs> stories about me. Cause I've always looked young. Um, anyways, <laughs> I was, um, I've always been cognizant of the Spice Girls. I like, I don't know if she played them when I was in the womb or whatever, but I like have known of the Spice Girls. I think my third word was baby spice. I asked Santa for a baby spice doll when I was six. Like I um, really loved it when I was younger. Kayla, where were you? I also was probably in Mountain View, California, although Alice and I did not know each other at the time, though maybe we should have. Maybe our lives would be even better than they already are now. Um, I uh, was not cognizant of the Spice Girls at age five and a half, or technically five and seven months, but I did, um, I remember being on softball teams with girls who were very into the Spice Girls, who wore little necklaces that said baby and like put their hair up like like that and I um I always thought that was so cool but the Spice Girls like I don't know what it was whether I wasn't allowed to listen to them or whether it wasn't like my jam but I had a little bit of a cultural disconnect from them until probably a little bit later in life like I definitely know who they are and I really really strongly remember reading an interview with the girl who played Madeline in the live action version of Madeline 
And in this interview, she offered herself up to be another member of the Spice Girls should they need. She said she was really heartbroken over their group breaking up. This must have been around uh, the year 2000. Um, So, yeah, I've always been cognizant of the Spice Girls in my late childhood, early adolescence. But um, this was never an album that I, like, listened to religiously. So with that, we can get into our track by track of this album with the first track being Wannabe. Thoughts on Wannabe? Um, Well, I mean, like the most iconic song ever, but can I just say Wannabe was the reason that my parents told me what sex was. (laughs) Wait, wait, sorry, sorry, what? (laughs) Tell us, tell us the story. So, so basically my best friend from um, elementary school, Kari, and I, and I don't even really like, like similar to you, Kayla, I thought that I came into liking the Spice Girls a little bit later than everybody else. So I actually don't really remember what age I was. Maybe I was like eight at this point. Um, but I also went through a phase of, of being against the Spice Girls, but I don't, it wasn't a personal choice. I think it came from like my parents and I don't know if it was before this incident or after. So I really don't know. It's all jumbled in my brain, but basically Kari and I, would speak to each other every night um on the phone for like two hours even though we went to school together every single day and then we would I guess we just call and like dissect the day and we would do it on that we had a phone that was there was like a phone in my parents room and there's a phone in the kitchen and actually maybe with the phone in my parents room didn't exist at that point and we I would literally go on speakerphone in the kitchen and be talking to Kari for like two hours and my parents must have like hated it and I remember we were singing wannabe back and forth to each other down the phone like you know if you want to be my love like obviously you know the song but my um and I guess my parents were just like whatever I think it was maybe a Saturday or something and Kari's family was very religious her mom was like super super Christian and her mom heard us singing this and was like uh Alice can you put your parents on the phone like I really need to speak to them and basically she spoke to them and I guess she said something like that what they're singing is really inappropriate and you need to talk to them about what it means um and they shouldn't be singing that to each other so like also some homophobic undertones there too um and uh and then my parents i guess feeling forced by kari's mom were like okay i guess we'll sit her down and tell her and they were i don't i don't really remember the conversation but they i guess they said something like you know when you really like like someone you love someone you might want to like do this with them and um kind of like went into like what sex was and I I honestly like I don't know if I was like playing it cool because I knew that it was like potentially like uh an awkward thing or if I actually didn't give a shit but I was just like like can we can we just like hurry this up like I can we just can we just speed this conversation up because like I need to get back to my call with Kari um, and I, I was just, I acted like I didn't give a shit. I was like, yeah, like whatever. Okay, cool. Like, I don't care about this. Bye. Um, and I really think that that conversation like shaped my relationship with my parents in our discourse about like relationships and sex. Cause it's very, I don't want to talk to them about that at all. 
that's so <laughs> iconic. Story, but yeah, that's no, basically that's so how I iconic. found out about sex. What's funny is that that song to me is not like a super sexual song, given what else was on the radio at the time. Like it's you know it's not it's not it's not like a song about butterflies, but it's not really about sex either. I think it was the word lover that Kari's mom really took offense to. And she was like, they should not be saying the word lover. Like, and oh, I think my, I think either Kari's mom or my parents were like, what do you think the word lover means? And I was like, when you love somebody, like it means when like your friend that you love. And they were like, no, (laughs) no, no. But it can be like, there are many Mm. definitions. And also I just imagine Kari's parents just like listening to the song lover by Taylor Swift and being like, this is, (laughs) um, Oh no, they would never, she would never listen to Taylor Swift. uh, No, she's too sexual. (laughs) That's a fascinating story though, because I was reading an article about how like people were really concerned that the like Spice Girls was appealing to like a really young audience and their songs were like risque. And I was like, no, like as, as a five-year-old, I was like singing Zigga Zigga. Like that's what I took from the song. I was like, wow, what a fun word to say. Like, I don't understand. Like SpongeBob makes jokes about cocks. Like why can't they say lover? You know, I don't know. I actually don't know if SpongeBob makes jokes about cocks, but I said, yeah, no, never have SpongeBob. <laughs> I do think it's sort of how the like like pop music really has changed in that I do think like all of us has have brought up sort of well everyone except Justin has sort of brought up this issue of like the the Spice Girls being sort of like a little bit well they they also were one of the first groups to um, the first mainstream like top ten groups to really embrace the ideas of like girl power and feminism and that combined with their like third wave version of feminism of like being cute and wearing short dresses. I think that was really dangerous uh, in 1996. Like the idea combined that women are powerful and women can also be sexy and like cute and like, uh, like look cute for themselves and not necessarily men. Um, with, although men too, I think the Spice Girls would argue <laughs> um, like that, that like, I think was a powerful and like, dangerous potentially dangerous combo at the time i wrote in my notes about this song it's a masterpiece truly great encapsulation of this girl group there's nowhere to go but down from here on this album 12 (laughs) out of 10 totally agree like starting really really strong and just disappointing us and not that the rest of the album is bad but like you can't that is the best song yeah and like it's 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 like great that they started with it but also it totally just means that the rest of the album like is almost pointless. Right. It's Um, sort of like why, I mean, like the Beatles have reached their peak here. Like they will never talk. Well, this is the famous, most famous Beatles song. I love to your point. (laughs) This is all about the Beatles today. (laughs) Um, But Kayla, like to your point of like, it's really changed. Like the, like the, um, like, I guess at that time, you're right. Like, it was it was dangerous for women to be, like, owning their sexuality in, in any capacity. What's really interesting is that, like, like what I was noticing, re-listening to it and, like, making notes is the, the, um, 
the lyrics are so often so cheesy in a lot of the songs. And they're like these very catchy sort of like cheesy kind of almost like childish phrases and they are not at all like sexual. I mean, if you, if you were to like compare it to like WAP, like (laughs) they are worlds apart. And I actually thought at certain points that it sounded like, and not to, not to like throw shade because like, obviously their music is iconic and like everyone loves the Spice Girls, but some of the lyrics are like so elementary that like, they reminded me of the type of things that I would try and write as like a 12 year old with my friends trying to like write a song for our like little girl band. Like I remember Kari and I actually tried to start a girl band and we wrote a song called chill pill and it was like, take a chill pill. Like, I mean, I can't remember the rest of the lyrics, but oh, it was something like that. And when I, <laughs> it was like some kind of really cheesy, like, um, like you want to be cool, like just go to school, like take a chill pill, like honey or something like dumb. Um, but it, I, listening to some of their lyrics, like it kind of would have fit into some of their, their songs. Um, and that was the level of like sexuality they were bringing. It wasn't anything really groundbreaking, but I guess everyone prior to that must've been very, um, demure. Yeah. V tame. The only Um, other thing I want to say about this song is that I watched the video, which is like iconically shot in one take and they like go to this little ball and sort of mess with people. And there's this dumb section where, one of the girls like just like sees a priest and like and he's dressed in like a traditional cassock with the little hat on and she like takes the hat off and then like takes the tablecloth away and like sends his food flying and i was like that's i want to use this as a reaction gift to like the catholic church being like we won't bless your marriages (laughs) (laughs) oh that's amazing you should try and find that as a gift or make it i'm I'm sure it it exists please do um let's move on to track number two say you'll be there i wrote in my notes actually incredible wild video this is the one where they're like out in the desert and there's mirrors involved and then i wrote i'm a huge fan of this 11 out of 10 i like (laughs) this song a lot i think it's really catchy um this is the one that's like i'm giving you everything yeah everything yeah um i think it's super super catchy i think that it is and i think a lot of their songs are really really repetitive um like they literally just say the same like chorus several lyrics like over and over again at the end of the song um and for some of them it doesn't work but i feel like for this song it works i agree Justin, yeah. do you like say you'll be there? I like it a lot. I feel like it's hard to do a mid tempo that's like this catchy and really gives you like a, a like a blockbuster of a single. But from what I know, it kind of was. Um, and I I like it because I feel like it really plays to their strengths. Like they have like a really strong speak sing delivery at the top of the phrases. They're like if you and then like go into it. <laughs> yeah. It's very, like, karaoke, but in the best way. So I I love. Amazing. Let's talk about Two Become One. What do we think about this track? Another big, big single for them. Do we like Have you guys seen the video for this one? Yes. I, we watched I'm sure that I have. 
It's like all they're, of them in front of green screens. They're in New York City, and there's that sort of speed cam where like all the cars are going really fast, and they're like, mm. "We're gonna have sex," and that. But the background is like green screen New York. Two incredible things happen in this video. One is there is a lesbian couple that sort of embrace in like the section where they're showing couples. And I was like, wow, 1996, yay. Um, and then the other thing is that the final shot of this video where you expect to see the girls all together, like as like the cars are whooshing by, it's a deer. They just put like a baby deer in the street. <laughs> Oh my god. I should have watched. So when I was listening to it, I was imagining a music video and I kept being like, oh, like I need to really like look up this music video because I want to know if it's like how it is. Um, and it totally is not because the music video <laughs> that I was imagining was like, you know, like those SNL skits that are like um, from they're like from the eighties and they're like kind of like perfume ads and there's like women with like big hair and they're like lying on their side and it's like very like sensual and they're like candles lit. Like that is the vibe that I got from this. And there's like a guy and like with like a really big chain. Um, and I just, it felt, it's like a very like sensual song and it feels like some kind of like sensual, like perfume ad or like, like not the song doesn't feel like a perfume ad, but it feels like the music video would be some kind of very like OTT. Like I just imagine like people lying on beds of roses and like candles being lit and somebody's in a bath and it's just like very like nineties, like kind of over the top, like romance, you know? Yeah. Um, it's quite like a, a sensual song. I really like this song. This song I, is X. This yep. song is about oh, sex. That's naughty. But it's metaphorical, which, you know, actually one of the things I really like about WAP is that they do use metaphors, but like the main part of the song employs literally no metaphors. So like <laughs> I, that, yeah. you know, I like that this song is like maybe a little more subtle, but at the same time, this is what I wrote about that, uh, about to become one. This is good, but I don't like it so much down with ballads, eight out of 10. <laughs> you yeah. also hate a ballad on on like a, on like a pop girl album. You hate a ballad, which I stand for you. I'll take <laughs> I'll take I'll take an issue with that in that I don't like a ballad where there is not virtuosic singing. Give me a Mariah yeah. Carey ballad, a Whitney, a Beyonce, even like a um, even a Jessica Simpson ballad where they're really like throwing their whole weight behind Going, their vocal. Yeah. You know, like I yeah. can get behind that. I can't get behind to become one, which is like sort of sung like a little bit lackadaisically to me. Like it's a little bit like, hmm, like, Ooh, like, Ooh, let's have sex. Like, I don't care. Like, <laughs> like I want, I want dirty diamond. <laughs> what I want. If you're going to give me a, a ballad about sex, give yes. me a little bit of like, I want this. <laughs> uh, I, so I also wrote Great. the word sensual a lot in my <laughs> notes. So I picked up on the sensuality that Alice also picked up on, but I wrote, I don't like it because I feel like it's hard to pull off sensuality with like five girls all mm. singing at once you know and and maybe that's why Kayla you don't like it because there's not really a personalized sort of like vigor for the sex that's about to be had 
bad. It's more of like a toss off, like, let's do it. Mm. And that's how I feel about it. That's such a good point. That's such a good point. It's like when a group is singing about like romance or sex, it almost takes away from the, you're not all coming at it from like the exact same like perspective. Like you're not all all having sex with the same person, are you? Um, And you all feel the same about it. Like that is a really good point because it does take away from the the actual like sexual aspect of the song it doesn't make you feel excited I, I just like this song because I like the the tune and I just think it's like a fun song and it's like a fun one to do karaoke to but I I think that that my feeling about this album listening to it now is like a 30 something um it feels uh quite cheesy and it like somebody said lazy or lackadaisical and I I kind of agree like it feels a little bit yeah, like, they're not really trying. Like, there's not a lot of thought. The, the Like, there's so much to be said about, like, loving the Spice Girls and, like, res- respecting them as a band. We are on <laughs> our track number four, which is entitled Love Thing. Thoughts on this track? I really, really love this track. I, and, and this also kind of goes to what Alice was saying earlier, where a lot of these songs are very similar. I mean, Love Thing could be a medley with Wannabe and it would make sense because they're both sort of doing the same thing thematically. But um, I wanted to mention this earlier. I, it's fascinating to me that this song is like pre-Sex in the City, like this or like first album is pre-Sex in the City because I feel like it does the same thing like feminism-wise where they're like, sort of like desensitizing the culture to women wanting to have sex and talking about sex in a certain way and so love the Spice Girls and I love this track I know it sort of sounds dated now but it's it's fun I like it I also think it's fun in my notes I wrote obsessed with this 10 out of 10 this is so fun and stupid but it wasn't a love at first for me like when I first heard it I was like it takes a little a little while I think actually to get acclimated to the sound of this album which is very honestly to me it does not sound like an album that was at the cutting edge of music in 1996 like it sounds a little bit more to me like the early 90s late 80s with like um it sounds like janet it sounds like new jack swing it does sound like new jack swing it sounds like janet it sounds like we have that heavy bass line we have a, a lot of heavy production um and a lot of those sort of same drum machine sounds and so um yeah i think it takes a little bit to get into this album for me. Um, and it took a little while to get into this particular track, but once I got it, I was like, absolutely. I'm here for it. Alice, do you like love thing? Do you want them in anything, baby? You don't like, like it. I, I don't, I think maybe, <laughs> maybe as you said, like it might be like a, a grower, not a shower. <laughs> um, maybe I need to give it a, like a few more listens and like kind of just, get into it i wrote funny how literal the lyrics are i wonder if this was a 90s thing or a spice girls thing um love thing cheesy and then i was i found the lyrics a little bit confusing i was very interested in the lyrics i think in this in this whole um just analysis uh of this album i've been very intrigued by the lyrics because a few of them really stood out to me which i will 
as we go through the songs, tell you my favorite lyrics. Um, but uh, yeah, I was like, oh, they're a little bit confusing. Like they don't want to know about this love thing, but then they're also asking to like get with this and like asking to be given what they need. But it's like, oh, like I kind of want to know, like, what do you need? Like, what is it exactly that you're, you're needing? And um, I did like the message of like, it's it, like you said, Justin, it's, it's could be kind of combined with wannabe because it's very much girl power. It's very much like, don't like fuck with my sisters. Like you need to like get their approval or you can't be with me. And also like, I need space. I kind of liked the message of like, don't be so clingy. Like I'm living my life. Let me be. And then like, if you're cool, I'll like you but you are too needy so stop like I'm not really interested like I kind of that's what I kind of got from it I don't know yes there that's it's a recurring theme with them they're like I could be spending time with my girls my other yeah (laughs) and I like that yeah I feel like the um I actually did not look up the lyrics until this very moment and there is they are wild and I also have to apologize I think a, a second ago I hummed a part of the next track on the album but not the what to about that love thing I think the love thing is like a penis like it's like <laughs> like, like the lyrics are there's no room for loving stop that pushing shoving yeah don't want to know about that love thing to me it's like it, like on first oh. read, like I don't want to know about your penis. It's yeah, a disgusting I mean, that... for sure. <gasps> I, that I really like that interpretation because I didn't. I think I was being maybe a little bit too literal in my. I was like, oh, oh so they're actually, not interested in like dating. <laughs> well, maybe maybe it is about. It says. Don't go wasting my time. You're not the only thing I've got on my mind. My friends are with me when you ain't been around. Your precious words and promises ain't bringing me down. I don't really know. It's sort of a mixed message, right? Like, it's a little bit like... That's what I found. I want to fuck you. No, I don't. Yeah, we can date, but I don't love you. Maybe that's the vibe of the song. I don't really know about that love thing. (laughs) Well, I I feel like sex in this... I feel like girl groups need to, like, have to be sort of lol have to be like coy like they're like Mm. especially like when we just reviewed the pussycat dolls like there was sort of like a mandatory coyness to how they approach sex and so they're like let's just keep it vague by writing contradicting lyrics (laughs) oh i remember something i wanted to say about uh to become one uh which we discussed as the last track which is just that you two i think we're both discussing about like girl groups singing love songs and how it gets weird and that's, I think, something that the Pussycat Dolls, which we discussed on our last episode, were successful with, which is you just let one person sing the song and then it's a little <laughs> less awkward. Just have them Nicole. sing it. Um, shall we talk about Last Time Lover? Do you think I'm really cool and sexy? That's what I sang before. Um, thoughts? Do you think I'm really cool and sexy? Yes. Extremely yes. cool and sexy. 100%. Um, I wrote, but see, the thing is like, I listened to these a couple of times and like, maybe if I listened to them more and I don't remember how I felt when I first heard them, cause it would have been so long ago. So I just don't know. But like, I wrote, don't love it. Kind of. <laughs> Why are the names of songs? So cringe. Quote, <laughs> I'm choosy, not a floozy. That what? made me like, <laughs> um, and I just said, it, it reminds me of 
the song chill pill that I tried to write with Kari when I was like 10 and (laughs) the lyrics feel like something that I would have written as a preteen. Oh, and I wrote the whole song feels a little bit like the bit of the song. That's like filler, like almost like a bridge or something like the whole song feels like the bridge that you would get before the chorus. And I, it's almost like you're waiting for the chorus, but it kind of never comes. Um, and I found it very repetitive. So I, I didn't really love this song. Justin. Uh, I agree. I also take issue with the lyrics on this one. It's wild. Um, I, I, Kayla's saying like the first part. So like it starts out with like a little bit of them putting on maybe an American accent. One interviewer said that. I don't know if that's true or not. But it's supposed to be sort of cool and vocal fry. And then you get into the chorus, and then Baby Spice comes in and is like, "Do you think I'm really cool and sexy?" Like it's just <laughs> sort of a wild transition. But my least favorite lyric in it, um, they sing. Um, use your head, don't be blind, which sort of reminded me of Bimini being like, the nipples are the eyes of the face. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) It's sort of like, the lyrics are baffling, and I'll get into it more on the subsequent songs. But this one, I would give it a 7 out of 10 because it's wild. Oh, that's kind of high. I know. It's like, I like... You like the... The intro nature. Yeah. (laughs) This is a great segue into what I wrote, which is eight out of 10. This is a wild track, but again, it has grown on me. Then I wrote simply, I guess I was just singing to myself as I was writing these notes. I just wrote, do you think I'm really cool and sexy? Then I wrote such an aggressive baseline. This rap sounds like Iggy Azalea didn't drink her morning coffee. You want to be my last time, baby? I could be your first time, maybe. I didn't understand that line. I could. I don't understand. Do you want to be my last time? I could be your first time. I don't get it, but I'm here for it. <laughs> what does it, it mean? I think it means she's about to sound. die and the other guy's a virgin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because last time is like... Well, no, it's like, I want to be with you forever. You're a virgin. Let me, like, take your... Pop your cherry and we'll be together forever. Like I don't really, but also like the the like I just really honed in on the lyric. I'm choosy, not a floozy. It's a great like. I'm sorry. Like what? I mean, I kind of love it, but it's like, in what world are people using floozy in like a pop song? You know, it feels like it should be in a 1920s like film about. I don't know, like gangsters or something. I have to say there's... Oh, go ahead. You go ahead. There's there's one lyrical sister for the baffling lyrics of Spice Girls, and that is Katy Perry, because it's a baffling metaphor on top of an overused platitude on top of a baffling metaphor. Yeah. And it's wild. She's taken a lot of inspiration. (laughs) Yes, from the Spice Girls. Yeah. Sorry, Um, No, I was was just going to say that I I feel like to slut shame while using the word floozy is just such a flimsy (laughs) ground to stand on. Like, good luck. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I would rather you be really blunt about it and be like, you slut, (laughs) Um, than be like, oh, you might be a little bit of a floozy. You know what's like, "Mm, 
<laughs> you know what's interesting but not totally related is that Cameron and I have been mainlining Dawson's Creek the past couple weeks. And actually, I remember I, the first time I ever watched Dawson's Creek, I was sick from high school and you had a DVD box set, Alice, and I borrowed it and I watched mm. it season one yeah, in a day while I was sick. It was incredible. Anyway, so we've been yeah, watching baby. Dawson's Creek and my favorite part about Dawson's Creek, we've gotten to like season five where Billy Busy Phillips is on. And my favorite part of oh, the show, which I think it's her. it's a, a, almost contemporaneous with this album. I think Dawson's Creek started in 97. But on the season that we're on, Busy Phillips is just walking around everywhere. She's like, no, I'm a whore. She's like, I'm a slut. Like it's so funny. <laughs> And anyway, I just <laughs> I need to rewatch album. it because Busy Phillips's character is like the best thing about <laughs> Dawson's Creek. Like she is like yeah, that that character um was everything. But also the fact that they all talked like they had like PhDs. <laughs> wild like wild their conversations part. were not the conversations that a 14 year old would have but <laughs> anyway um, um i guess my point amazing. was that i feel like um this album could do with like if you're gonna slut shame you might as well go for it like floozy like yeah that's a little soft shoeing um i feel like i cut you off too alice about what you were gonna say before i got into dawson's creek do you remember <laughs> what you were gonna share with us i kind of like grew up with girls aloud more than I did the Spice Girls, because I think the Spice Girls, I was a little bit young, and I don't know if either of you ever really listened to Girls Love, because they were very much, like, a British band, um, but, like, I really, in, it's it's interesting to re-listen to the Spice Girls and and hear a lot of, like, influence that the spice um that girls aloud took from the spice girls in their songs um and i think girls aloud maybe were able to be a little bit more like clear in their delivery um of and and their lyrics like they their messages were a little bit more direct i mean still like i'm i think some of their lyrics were probably totally like nonsense but i guess it's just interesting because like i i feel like with the spice girls i was still quite young when they were like in their heyday so I only really ever listened to them after their heyday um and I it wasn't like I was kind of growing with them and so I mean if I think the great thing about them is that like regardless of maybe how cheesy their lyrics are they obviously influenced girl bands and like pop music so much which is amazing to like good job I remember Girls Aloud, and I don't know if I would have encountered them without being friends with you. I remember, in particular, like, sort of, like, the Cheryl Cole moment. And which member of One Direction did she date? Uh, she's a baby with Liam Payne. Are they still dating? No. Okay. He's engaged to someone else. Oh, well, uh, yeah. R.I.P. Um, yeah. Let's talk about... Also, really... No, go for it. Oh, no, it's, it's really sad, actually. One of the members of Girls Aloud has been diagnosed with um, terminal breast cancer. So she's, like, not really long for this world. Holy shit. Um, Which one? Bring the mood down. Sarah no. Harding. Oh, my God. That's so blonde, sad. Blonde. She's so young. They're really, really young. Like, Oof. not even 40, I don't think. Oh, yeah. my God. Um, wow. But, like, an iconic, an iconic band as well. Truly. Man, that sucks. Um, I was yeah. going to move us on to the next track, which is Mama, um, yes. Mama. dedicated to, I, I don't know. Anyway, what, uh, <laughs> what do we think about Mama? 
<laughs> what do you think, Kayla? <laughs> I wrote in my notes, what a departure, guitars, an egg shaker. <laughs> then I just started writing lyrics. Mama, I love you. Ma- <laughs> Mama, I care. Ma- I, all I can re- think of when I read these lyrics to myself is Mama who bore me from Spring Awakening. Mama who bore me. Mama, I yeah. love you. No, but in this, uh, Mama, I care. Uh, Mama, um, why can't I think of how this goes and I can only think of Spring Awakening? Because um, it's very similar, actually. Right. It's like a similar vibe, a similar sound. And did Duncan Sheik yeah. listen to this? Like, definitely. Probably. For sure. And didn't credit them. What do you all think about? Oh, I also wrote six out of ten, not my fave. <laughs> what do we think about Mama? <laughs> I think six out of 10 is sort of generous. I don't know. I like for me, I, you know, I love like a quick departure from your album to like sing about your mom, a la Casey Musgraves, but I don't love this track because it feels like their voices are so far back in the production of the guitar. So like, you can really barely understand what they're saying unless you read the lyrics. So like, as with most of their songs where they invite you in to sort of sing with them, this one doesn't feel like that as much um and but also the i wrote that the verses were very like baby sort of like falsetto song and i was like maybe billy eilish could cover it so oh (laughs) that would be fresh alice what do you what do you like and not like about mama mama which makes me think of the movie with jennifer lawrence wasn't that called mama or something mother that was called mother mother also the movie Ma with Olivia Octavia Spencer. Oh, both horror films, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, that's weird. Um, I Mom is scary. Um, I wrote that I so I loved the message. Like of, I think it's I think it's like lovely that they wanted to like have a tribute to their mothers, and I think that's probably pretty rare, I guess, and like pop music to have a song that's like for their mothers but like thinking about it it's just so um it's just so basic it's like you could have really written this like beautiful I guess it just highlights how lazy some of the songwriting is it was very very repetitive um it was quite long like they literally just had that bit where it was like mama I love you mama I care like over and over and over again it's like okay we could have stopped this like 10 lyrics ago um (laughs) and I mean I like there was like a little bit of a gospel bit at some point I think towards the end which was which was quite nice but like uh I guess that felt a little bit different um to their other songs maybe but like yeah it just it's like great message but I just wish it would have been more thoughtful in like the way that it was presented like they could have gone deeper you know and like what's the relationship between like mothers and daughters like there's just so much there and it doesn't feel like the tribute that it should be for mothers it's it's it, it's literally they just wrote i love you like it you could just be like i love you mom i love you mom i love you mom and it's like cool like done you know it's not it's not creative 
Oh I'm my God. so sorry, Spice Girls. <laughs> no, this is it. the cultural analysis that we're here for. For real, though. <laughs> I know I'm like, agree with so you. uneducated in music, and I'm giving them like <laughs> my. It's like, no, no I absolutely this. agree, though. I do think this is sort of a shallow take on like a very storied and complicated uh, relationship, uh, you know, like mother daughter relationship. And I do agree with you that it's not often covered in pop music, particularly. I feel like there's some songs that like dudes write about their moms, which like, okay, like good, good. Yeah. Yeah. You know, oh, the yeah. ABBA song that's like, um, uh, uh, what's it called? Flipping through my fingers. Oh my God. Which is more from a mother's perspective, but like that song is like, wow. Like it is so layered and beautiful, even though it's like a pop song and it's all about like the, the journey of like motherhood. And it's like, they could have done something like that where it's like, what is the, the, the journey and the progression as a child with your mother? And they didn't, they didn't do it. And I you know what? a low score. Slipping through Five my fingers is an excellent song. Cameron and I, oh, we should have done an ABBA album. You know what? As well. Next time we'll have you back and we'll do ABBA. We've never covered ABBA. So please, um, we, please can you have me back and cover ABBA because I die for ABBA. It's done. Yes. It's done. Except they have we're men in them, but we're not going to mention the men's names and it'll oh. be fine. We'll just yeah, not don't exist to me. I mean, but <laughs> mama Mia does not celebrate men. Um, I okay, so we were watching Mama Mia the other night because it was on after uh, Drag Race American version. And Cameron took this TikTok of me where at the beginning I'm like very here for it and like ready to go and like singing. And then the majority of this TikTok that Cameron put on the internet is me crying to slipping through my fingers, just like <laughs> sobbing. Like, and it ends with me, like, literally tears streaming down my face. Amanda Seyfried's, like, about to go up the hill to get to the church. You know, she's, like, in her thing. And yeah. I'm, like, sobbing. And I'm, like, I like when she gets on the donkey. Um, <laughs> um, we saw that movie. Sorry. In theaters. No, but, like, you and me and your mom and your popo saw that movie together. Yeah. And that was, like, very special, I think. Oh, it was really special. special. Oh, yeah. It was right before we went to college, too. So there was that was really special. Oh, okay. I'm not going to cry. Let's talk about who do you think you are? Did we all weigh in on Mama sufficiently? Do any of us have more thoughts about Mama? Okay, let's talk about who do you think you are? Who do you think you are? I wrote, this is stupid and so much fun. Love the up-tempo and production, 10 out of 10. If you're going to do oh, disco, wow. like, uh, like I, disco is the place for your lyrics to not make sense and for me not to give a shit. So, I, 10 out of 10. I'll, I agree. <laughs> um, I don't know if it's a 10 out of 10 for me. Maybe like a 7.5. I really like the bridge. <laughs> I really, really like the bridge. I don't love the chorus. Um... That's fair. I also wrote that it was very repetitive, but yeah. that's okay. That's okay. It doesn't, I feel always, like it doesn't always not have to be repetitive. Some of the things that I've been grappling with as we do this podcast is like, what are my standards? Like, <laughs> As we discuss different bands, I'm like, some bands I care about their lyrics and Spice Girls, I'm just sort of like, eh, they can do whatever they want. Like some, some <laughs> albums, like I remember splitting hairs when we reviewed Evermore talking about the <laughs> lyrics and like how they didn't yeah. make sense. But on this album, not a goddamn word makes sense. And I'm like, okay, yeah. 10 out of 10. 
Sure. Yeah. Um, and I so don't right. know. I it's don't know fun. what the difference is, but there is one. I don't know. Well, I, I feel like when the Spice Girls are successful, like the dumb lyrics really sort of like hit hard. Like wannabe is such a smash and the lyrics, uh, while not being super elevated, are like, I'm ready in here for the narrative. And so like on the songs that are less successful, I do a little bit want to get into why the lyrics are so ridiculous. Because if the narrative held up even slightly, it wouldn't be as bad as it is maybe i don't know that's how i feel mm, with how i'm like yeah. reviewing the album yeah agree also taylor swift like i think we all know is a really good songwriter like even if you know she she's had some flops she's had some hits but like she her songwriting has has really um developed over time and she's a good storyteller and so i think we expect more from her and so looking at her lyric and it is coming from her whereas the spice girls it's like it's coming from male producers like <laughs> let's be real totally. you know and so it, it it isn't really really them as much as they probably like influenced the tracks i don't think that they wrote or maybe they did write them and maybe that's why they're not like the best that, that is interesting because i read an article where they're like it was like the, it was very important to the spice girls that they get a writing credit on each of the songs so they are they have written all of the songs and like two or three of them are with collaborators and I don't know if maybe they had ghostwriters, but they like it's mm. this article was very serious about them having written the songs and then all, them also being like, these lyrics are flimsy, but it's because the girls tried their best, is what the article That's so said. interesting. Maybe <laughs> that, that is, is why like, they're not very good. Well, because right? maybe like, they really did write. <laughs> I'm trying to decide if I like it more or less that they wrote the bad lyrics. Like, do I like that? <laughs> like, respect it? Because when I was looking at it on, like, Spotify and stuff, and I was seeing who wrote each song, I was seeing their names, um, but I wasn't... But I think I was also seeing, like, the names of... Um, Men. Yeah. Who would have been the producers. So... I, in my mind and, and like, you know, I'm, I could be totally wrong. I was like, Oh, you know, they've, they've given the idea and then the, the people have written them, but actually maybe they just wrote them and, um, that maybe they're, maybe that's good. Yeah. Also it's fun music. It doesn't have to be like, I think I was just being quite like, I don't know. I think I was just really looking into the lyrics when, when I was listening, because no, I, was I like, love I, I love a considered criticism. Let's talk about <laughs> something kind of funny, which is track eight out of ten on this album. Anyone have burning thoughts on something kind of funny? I wrote. I really don't understand what this song is about, <laughs> and I just then wrote a bunch of lyrics. I wrote, "Rules are for fools. Climb aboard my journey deep inside." Whoa. feeling kind of queasy. I ain't that easy. Um, and I, I just didn't really understand. I genuinely didn't really understand like what the message of the song was. And it, I, I think it was like kind of like an all right song. Like I, I enjoyed listening to it, but I, I don't really know what they're saying. Cause it's like, 
yeah, like what do they what do they mean? <laughs> That's what I want to know. I literally I wrote the exact same thing. I was like, these lyrics are pasted together with Elmer's glue, and then I no. wrote, so climb <laughs> climb aboard my journey deep inside. So we're climbing aboard the journey, which is up high, but then we're supposed to then right. go deep inside, which right. usually <laughs> means that we're talking about sex but we're not. And I think that like my other thing is like the way that it opens, like these lyrics are sort of delivered so moodily a la like Alanis Morissette, who was famous and popular at this time that I'm just like, if we're going for something like that, why are these lyrics so bad? Jeremy's of course. I literally see Jeremy in the reflection of your microwave doing something. I don't know what, but it was so wild. <laughs> like literally Jeremy's butt was in your microwave in jeans, not naked, but I don't know, Jeremy. If you can, he's in khakis, not jeans. So, I mean, that's like, it looks like jeans in the the glass of your microwave door. (laughs) Fair enough. (laughs) There are 12, so they behave the same way. (laughs) Um, I wrote about something kind of funny. This is fine, but not great. It feels like a rehash of last time lover too slow. Five out of 10. Mm. It's my least Mm. favorite song on the album. No questions asked. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, the five out of ten feels accurate. Yeah. Let's talk about. I don't anything. think that this this is their best album. What? I just don't think this is their best album. Well, yeah. I have to say, so last week we had recorded that episode about Billie Eilish that may or may not not be coming to the public soon, and I, after we ended the recording, I said to everybody on the call, like, I really regret suggesting spice because I feel like it's so unlistenable and I feel like I've actually really come around in the past week since we recorded Billy and I was like I don't know about spice but we're I'm already like acquainted with this album so let's do it and I agree I don't think this is a strong album overall as particularly evidenced by this song but I just feel like yeah it doesn't all stick together it's very much a, a, a plate full of singles that they're just sort of handing to us and I think parts of it are really fun but is this an album that hangs together as a piece no no it barely <laughs> exists like as singles you know even if you're not considering yeah. them as a whole and just considering like like piece by piece what does each song say mm-hmm. um i have a lot of questions yeah yeah i think they've really evolved in pop music um where Maybe in the 90s, it was totally fine. Like, what was important about the band was, like, their image and, like, what they represented and the messages they they were sending with their music that it didn't have to be intelligently, like, sought out in terms of, like, the lyrics and stuff. But I feel like there's been an evolution with pop music where it's, like, you really do have to have something to say. And I mean, you know, there's like, there's, there's silly stuff as well, of course, but I feel like your lyrics have to be more um, thoughtful and like make more sense. And you have to have more, like, you just have to, you just have to make sense more. Like if you're writing, I I think that the, the evolution has been like, what's your message and like, how are you, it's not just how you look. It's not just like what you, what you stand for. It's like, what are your songs saying? And I, I think maybe it's, it's just a whole different vibe now. Like, 
I don't know. I don't know I, what you think. I think that's a really interesting point to bring up because I was like sort of reading a few Rolling Stone articles from that time period and Rolling Stone had like a bit of a vendetta against the Spice Girls because the Spice Girls were like considered rude because they would like go into interviews and they would like and not everyone would be sitting for the interview at once. They would like walk around and get kind of bored. And one of them like picked their nose during the interview and the Rolling Stone article interviewer was like mad, but it was like a concerted effort by either their PR person or them or both to sort of like, um, to like, and it's interesting that we talk about this in the um, context of the, like the of like the interview with Harry and Meghan. But it was a, con- a concerted effort to not be like have decorum and to not like sort of um, play into like British society in a particular way. So I mean, while their lyrics are really flimsy, they were like sort of this cool alt pop girl group Mm. that like Mm -hmm. pushed things forward which I like a lot (laughs) yeah definitely they had such an impact I I feel like maybe with groups it's easier for them to stand for something and their music be less like layered or or like it's easier for the group to be like this is who we are and like this is what we represent whereas individual artists are held to like perhaps a higher standard of like well you have to have like you know the best song and it has to have like the best lyrics and it has to have the most catchy like hooks and and all of the and your your vocals have to be perfect and you can't just be like i stand for girl power and that's (laughs) me like you have to deliver that through your music whereas i think groups like, I don't know, like BTS and Blackpink and stuff like that. Like, I don't really know them very well, so I can't comment that well. But, like, it seems like they can maybe stand for something a bit more. And that's okay because they're backed up by, like, the members of the band. And, and that is, that's just, like, what they're putting out there. Does yeah. that make sense? I don't know. That makes sense. Absolutely. I actually love that we're talking about this. And I do love, actually, this this move in pop music and I think culture in, in general to hold people accountable to, like, what they say versus what they do. You know, like, it's one thing to say that you believe in girl power and it's another thing to put out songs that empower women and non-binary people and non-men in general. So, mm-hmm. like, I think that... I love where music has moved. I agree that this these lyrics are not up to snuff, but at the same time, like, they're fun. I don't care. You know, like, I, I like that we are now holding artists to what I consider to be a higher standard, even with, like, uh, like, like Blackpink and, and BTS and some of these K-pop groups. I feel like, I don't know if there's this type of, like, I feel like Spice Girls really did have this sort of social message of, you know, like third wave feminism, girl power, we are just as powerful, but like also, you know, was a specific type of feminism. Like they're talking about like girls are great, but not necessarily in their songs, like pay us equally, which, you know, Spice Girls were not paid equally to the male acts of their time, you know? So I think I like the move that music has taken, um, to, you know, sort of align values in content. Um, and I also don't hate this silly, frivolous album. Like, it's fine. <laughs> um, and on yeah, that note, okay. I, wonder, also, oh, I was just going to wonder, 
if we could talk about naked and then maybe we can continue this conversation because I think this is going to really carry over into the song naked. Alice, what were you going to say? Oh, I think I was just going to say, I think it, it, you know, it's necessary. This album was necessary or this, the, like the Spice Girls were necessary to get music to where it is today. Like, yeah, like it doesn't have to be like the criticisms are not like criticisms of like, Oh, like they should have done better. It's just like, examining like where we were at that point in pop culture and music in society. And like, it's a reflection of the time. And like, we needed to uh, have this band putting their messages out in this way to then evolve, to be able to like have more like coherent music maybe. And like hold uh, artists more accountable now. That's, I think that's a really strong point because I do think this was groundbreaking at the time and we can listen to it now and be like, this is silly and like bubbly and whatever. But like, I do think it's important to remember that it did, um, it was a departure from the norm at the time and that's powerful. Um, naked question mark, exclamation mark, naked, um, Justin, let's pivot to you. What do you think about naked? I do not think I'm the person who should speak on Naked, if we're being completely honest. I don't know if it's my narrative to really analyze and um, and Is it anyone's narrative about. to hear to <laughs> analyze? I don't even know what the fucking narrative is, if I'm being honest. I'll read my notes. Me too. Jump off the, this point. I wrote, this is hilarious and bad, but fun. I can't deal with spice ba- ballads, and I rated it a vanilla out of 10. Um, what do we think? <laughs> oh my God. What did you say? This is hilarious, but bad or something. What was the, I said, said? H- hilarious and bad. It's a vanilla out of 10 for me. Oh, and I'm looking at the lyrics. Hilarious and Actually, bad it's very different than I thought it was. Yeah. It's I've, like, they're grabbing the way it. Like a it feminism. sounds. And then the writing is really different. Wow. I actually might want to rescind my comment because this seems to be more about childhood trauma and like sexualizing children than uh about what i thought it was about which was maybe more sex which is just what i was getting from the production and the and the vocals that i was hearing what alice what's your take what what is this song doing what's it about (laughs) oh gosh what is it doing i don't I don't know. It, the lyrics are very, uh, my, my notes were like, what does it mean? Like, are, are they talking about like, cause they say like deprived of the goodness of mankind. So like something bad has happened in the, in the whoever they're singing about in that past, something bad has happened. This child has fallen from grace, which is such an interesting lyric because it's like, when you say like this child has fallen from grace, it implies like it's on the child, like or, or on the person who has fallen from grace, like it's their problem. But I, it feels like they're saying that, uh, like something bad has happened and and they they are like damaged by it. Um, yeah. But there's like this this element that's a bit confusing. That's like, are they? on the side of the the person who has like been damaged or are they saying like something bad has happened and like they're no longer pure like it's it's a little bit confusing to me like what the message is because they also say the angel's dirty face is sore <laughs> holding on to and what I she don't had know. Be- 
not sharing secrets. I don't know what that fool. means. Now she's going to keep her cool. She wants to get naked. She wants to get naked. That's the lyric. Um, well, Honestly, what I think is confusing. I think it's confusing too. And what I, what I think now that I'm seeing the lyrics in front of my face is first of all, producers need to be corralled and interrogating interrogated i don't know what they were doing with the production that they did on the song now that i see what the song's about which to me does seem honestly looking at the lyrics i'm like this to me reads like a girl who maybe was like sexually abused in childhood or like maybe went through something traumatic in childhood the first line is naivety uh naivety naivete and Sorry, it's spelled weird on my Google account. I'm like, what is this? Yeah, like? there are a lot of spelling mistakes in the lyrics, too. <laughs> Naivete, and did Posh write this? Naivete and childhood left behind, deprived of the goodness of mankind. Past encounters have made her strong, strong enough to carry on and on. Um, so, and then the, 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 the lyrics of the chorus are like naked, nothing but a smile on her face, which makes me feel like this is a song about a woman who like went through it in her childhood, got sexualized too early, whether or not that included any type of abuse, and then is now ready to own that, which is such, honestly, like way more interesting than I thought this song was, but I wouldn't have known if I hadn't Googled it 30 seconds ago. Yeah. And also I don't, I don't feel like the right, like, I just don't feel like uh, the message is interesting, but the writing does not do it justice. Mm. And it's a little bit confusing because of the, the language that they use. Um, it kind of sounds like they're saying, yeah, this, this person is this potentially this woman has been abused in the past and she's being vulnerable about it. And she does, there's a line that's like, um, something about being pitied. I don't want your pity. I want your something else. It's like, I don't want to be pitied. I want to just be like heard, but I'm also being naked. And I, the, the word, the choice of the word naked in a song about sexual abuse is just such a, an interesting one. Cause it's like, you're, you're being like, um, sexual abuse is like really fucked me up and like I'm naked like <laughs> it, it draws your attention to the word naked which makes it sexual they also but it's named actually the song about... naked they named it naked right they named which the song I and it, it just think, I even think like the word nude is less sexual than the word naked like I don't yeah I don't know like it's weird yeah and even the way in the song the way that they talk about like what they mean by naked, I guess it's her being like really vulnerable and being like, this is what happened to me. And somebody like giving her pity, but the way that they write it is like very, um, it's like sensationalizing that aspect. Like it's sensational, sensationalizing like nudity or nakedness, but it's actually not about like physical nudity. And I don't really like that. I don't like how they've made it they want to sell it. So they're talking about naked and people might listen to it. Cause they're like, Ooh, sexy. And it's like, actually, no, like this is not sexy. You know, what's, what's interesting about this song too, that I didn't know is that this song is sort of a departure from a lot of their other songs in that it is mostly sung by ginger with some vocals by baby and scary, um, which 
like I, I remember, I don't actually know a whole lot about girl groups from this era, but I know in boy bands from this era, they would have like a singer sort of feature on a lot of the different songs. And I didn't track it for this album, but I'm really curious in, about this like phenomenon of like who's singing it and who might've written it, especially when we get to who like is credited with writing this song. It is, um, it's produced by Absolute, written by Andrew Watkins, Paul Whit Wilson, and Spice Girls. Mm, feels like men wrote it and they signed off on it. It does feel like that. And I wonder, though, like, did they, is this their narrative? Like, was it retooled by men? I don't know. Well, I was a little hesitant to speak on it before. One, because I didn't think I could. And two, because I needed you two to dissect it properly before I really understood. And my take is just very similar. I'll echo Kayla. I think the production should have been completely different because it sort of produced like an R&B track a la Mariah Carey of like a sort of like a come on track as opposed to it being what it like produced like what it is which is probably it should have been a more stripped down like ballad or something a little more straightforward so I think there is some mixed signals going on <laughs> for sure well a thousand yeah. percent mixed, definitely mixed signals those mis mixed signals bring us to our last track if you can't dance. Um, I've, I have been rating every track on this album. I did not rate this one, um, but I did write sad. This album started so strong, then petered out. I do like this song. I don't think it's a bad song. I didn't give it a number rating like I did with the rest of the tracks, but I also wish it was a little more, I don't know. We, I want a little bit of equilibrium or balance. You start with wannabe and then you end, end with a track that's named if you can't dance. And I want more, I don't know. Thoughts. I like this track. I don't know if I would give it more than a seven out of a 10, but I, I like the way that their vocals are produced with that like trumpet lick that sort of goes sharp at the end of the like little bit of trumpeting that's going on i don't have a music degree so i don't know how to describe it but i know there's something sort of different and wacky going on with that trumpet and i think it's cool but it maybe is not like as like the rest of the song is not as good as that part but i mean on an album where the ballads are bad and the up tempos are good i'll give a, a good score for a decent up tempo song Alice, what do you think about if you can't dance? If you can't dance. <laughs> uh, yeah, like, it, it was, like, okay. I do agree um, with Kayla. Like, I think it could have, they could have ended the album on, like, a, a better song. Like, just, a, like, a stronger song. It was kind of, like, a random, I don't know, just felt like a kind of random song to end the, the album on. Um also agree with you, Justin, like the, the, yeah, the, the ballads weren't great. So like the up tempos, you kind of needed the up tempos in the album to like, kind of keep it going. Um, I don't know. I just, it felt kind of random, which was like, I guess fine. Like this, there was like that Spanish bit in the middle of the song that just felt really like odd. It was like, wait, but like, why are they speaking Spanish? Like what, like, what's the reason behind this? Um, I was also trying to figure out who was singing, who was speaking it. Um, yeah. I don't know if either, do you know who, who it was? I can I look it up. 
It was Nicole uh, yeah. Scherzinger. Scherzinger. <laughs> I, I think this is a good time to throw in that I had never prior to about 18 hours ago, 12, no, 18 hours ago seen Spice World, the, the film. And so we watched it what? as we were preparing to oh my God. Um, uh, review this album. And I'll posit a takeaway that I have from the film, which is that I kind of feel like the Spice Girls are and their management are like dabbling in Dadaism. Like they're in the film of Spice World. I had never seen Spice World. There are aliens that appear for two seconds and disappear and they never matter again. There are characters who appear and then disappear without any causality. There are um, moments of satire, moments of realism, moments of surrealism. And I feel like the Spice girls are actually pioneering we're actually pioneering a very specific artistic aesthetic that defied <laughs> reason <laughs> that, wow. that would explain that deer at the end of um, truly to become i mean one. i don't get it i don't get it but i like it and that's the thing is that yeah. actually my like the reason I didn't watch Spice World, it was so universally panned when it came out and had such a bad reputation as just like a bad movie that I refrained from seeing it, not realizing that I love this particular type of bad movie where <laughs> does it make sense? Absolutely not. Are they taking risks? Yes. Are there looks? Yes. Is there comedy? Yes. Does it make sense? No. It's like Ellie Diamond, Dirty Diamond. It Just is totally Ellie nonsense. Diamond, dirty, but it's great. It works. Like, why is this happening? No, couldn't tell yet. I'm but so confused. I'm living. <laughs> I like it. Yeah. Uh, I, I need to rewatch Spice World. It's been a very long time. But I I remember loving Spice World, but I guess I probably was a child when I watched it. So I mean, it makes define. truly no sense. <laughs> and yet I loved it. <laughs> this is I also the reason it, why I'm wearing the top to. I'm wearing. They do a lot of like chinoiserie I love it. in the video. I and love it. The movie, and I love like a sort of 90s take on like chinoiserie. But like it's yeah, made for This me. is a very 90s look with your hair too in the butterfly Thank clips. You. Thank yes. you. They're actually I love it. Is inspired from Dawson's Creek. Oh, flowers. Um, Jen <gasps> Lindley on Dawson Creek wore flowers instead of I butterflies, know. and I already had butterflies, so I took it as an opportunity to buy flowers clips from Shein. Obsessed. Uh, I love Jen Lindley. She's the best um, character on Dawson's Creek. Jen and Audrey, like icon. Audrey, uh, icon. Yeah. Any other thoughts on if you can't dance or we can also move into favorite tracks from this album. So we usually take on a, like a couple or three favorite tracks from the album. Does anyone feel prepared to share? Yeah, I feel like I, it's wannabe and it's say you'll be there. And then my sort of wacky, like throw in is going to be love thing. And that's you know my favorite tracks. I'll go next because I have the exact same list the only track that oh, could uh substitute for love thing is who do you think you are and i actually think i like love, love thing more because it's weirder alice what are your top three from this album or so you know you can pick two or four i think definitely want to be and say you'll be there um i want to say to become one i just i don't know why just i just like that even though it's like kind of dumb 
Um, maybe because it feels very nostalgic and it feels very like, it just feels so nineties. And I kind of love that. Um, it was a huge hit. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like it's a great karaoke song too. And who do you think you are? I, I liked, I really liked parts of the song, but yeah, I, I think it would be the first three tracks. I think of the, of the album. Okay. Well, want to be for sure like the best. I think this is actually the first time in a while that we've had consensus on the top two tracks of an album, uh, which are I think unanimously uh, "Want to Be" and "Say You'll Be There." So good job, Spice Girls, on being consistent across the board. Our next segment (laughs) is going to be our rating of the album. So we generally rate these albums on a box wide system with Francia being the worst black box wine being the middle and then Boda box being the best. However, we have frequently gone off the rails lately and just sort of rated this album on any type of alcohol or beverage that comes to mind. I think last time, well, no, I can't give it away. But listen to Billie Eilish for a non-alcoholic beverage nomination from me. All right. So, Justin, do you have a rating that you would give this album? Yes. Um, I will would say that this album, I'm not even going to name a brand. It's any bottle of champagne you can find. Because wow. <laughs> it feels to me like the 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 peak of this is like opening a bottle of champagne it's like you get with your friends you sort of undersell yourself you're like how do i open it i don't know and then you just like (laughs) push it a little bit and then it pops open and it's so fun and so surprising and amazing and then the rest of it's boring (laughs) (laughs) that's a funny metaphor alice do you have do you have a metaphor or an alcohol in mind Oh, I don't think I have a metaphor as good as Justin's. Um, I think it would be like a kind of um, like affordable white wine that is like, like it's going to do, it's going to like do the trick, you know, like you just kind of want to get a little bit buzzed. You're going to be able to afford it. Um, It doesn't taste awful, but it's not like, it's not the best. Like it's definitely for me, this is not like, uh, like a highbrow, like it's not, a, it's not a moe, it's not a verve, like it's not a whatever, like, you know, reputable name of like wine or champagne, but it, it is, it's fun and it's like going to get you a little bit, um, tipsy and you'll be with your friends and, um, it's definitely white wine cause it's like very light and frivolous. And like maybe it's summertime and yeah, you're with like your, your friends and you're just like having fun and it's maybe going to make you feel kind of sick the next day and like hungover. (laughs) I have a similar take that I'm just UK hunting it all the way up, but I think that this drink album is a a snake bite which is um alice do you want to tell us what a snake bite is i have not had a snake bite in so long snake bite is um actually like not even really sure what what it is anymore i think it's like cider and uh like hard liquor like vodka or something and then you put black currant uh cordial in it but i i haven't had it in like 
probably 10 years. So Kaylee, you might have had it more recently. Tell me, am I right? No, I, I think the last time I had it was the first time I went to England, which was, I think the summer of 2010, I, um, went to oh England God. and had a snake bite with, um, I think you and your friends. And what the internet is telling me is that it's a drink that's three quarters cider. And then you put either like lager or stout on top. And then you also put black currant oh, in. Lager. I, yeah. This drink tastes so awful. good. I'm sorry. I thought it's sweet. Like when I no no it, no, it, it tastes no no it tastes fine. It's awful results. Yes, <laughs> you get really hungover. It's really sugary because there's cider in it because it's topped with like black currant like liquor or or syrup or something, and so it does leave you Syrup, pretty yeah. hungover. It leaves you pretty spent pretty quickly. But it's so it's so like fun to drink. It's fun while it's happening, and then later you're like, I don't know. And so <laughs> I think that's this album for me. And it's also UK. That's a really great. It's wow. UK hun. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. A snake bite is like the thing that you would get really drunk on at uni. You would have a few snake bites and you would be completely off your face and <laughs> really bloated and feel disgusting the next day. Part of the thing that I was reading about too, when I just like Googled to confirm that I really wanted to name this album, a snake bite was that like combining cider with al other alcohol just makes everything go a little loopy. Um, which is how I feel like this album is. It's like, I don't, I don't know what's happening, but okay. I'm, I guess yeah. I'm having a good time. <laughs> just riding it yeah snake um, bite by the beatles <laughs> we have any last burning thoughts on our beatles review i want to hold no, your hand dot com <laughs> um well i think that brings us into our game segment <gasps> cameron are you leading the game cameron. i'm gonna do it i'm already here <laughs> okay well, good job on the episode, everyone, and welcome to your game. If you want to be a winner, you got to remember all the stuff my friends said. And we're going to ask each of you um, a quote, and you're going to have to tell us which, um, which of the uh, former Spice Girls said it. No. Oh, I oh, lose this. To recap, uh -huh. we actually have not said the names of all the spices on the air, which I think is important. Sure. And I also want to take yeah. this time yeah. to bookmark. If you haven't seen that Pen15 episode about, about <gasps> if you haven't seen the Pen15 episode oh, about the Spice Girls, watch it. It also literally made me heartbreak. cry. Um, yeah, that me was too. real. Maybe we can talk about it after the game. Maybe oh, we never want to talk I about it again Pen because 15. it was really close to home. Um, it was so close to home and like incited, it, it, it ignited so much within me. I and literally, Pen15 is the best, one of the best shows that has ever been created. And it is, it should have been recognized, but everyone is trash. So, you know what? I agree with you. Um, okay. I'll, I'll turn this back over. I don't know. I mean, you can hold the mic. Okay. Well, let's name the Spice Girls. So we all know sure, who we're talking that, about. So there's Sporty Spice, who is Mel B. Uh, we have scary spice mel c. Is, mel c mel c mel c and mel b is scary is spice yeah. yeah 
Okay, which is also so loaded, and that's what the Pen15 episode is about. Yeah, that's yeah. horrible. Um, and then we have Posh Spice, who, of course, is Victoria Beckham. Um, and then we have, but at the time, what was her maiden name? Was she just Spice. Victoria? Uh, <laughs> ju- I want to say Judge or something. Vic- Vic- I thought Victoria. it was Adams. Victoria. Oh, maybe. Victoria. Oh, yeah. Judge. She has a wife. No, I love that. Um, And then don't know. uh, Okay, so we've named three spices. We have Baby Spice, who is Emma, and we have Ginger Spice, who what's her name? Jerry. Jerry Hallowell. Jerry Hallowell. Okay, so those are. So what do we ring in with? What are the rules of this game? If one person gets uh, it wrong, the next person can steal it for half point, and then will also receive their own question for the chance to get their own full point as well so it's so, so five point multiple uh, toys yeah. it is it's <laughs> pretty wild trying. so let's give it a go alice you ready okay i'm ready okay here we go the first quote of the game is i'm not a big sports fan but i love it when they slam dunk that's sexy okay i'm gonna go with posh spice posh. on this one that is incorrect, I'm afraid. But good oh, try. Justin, would you like to okay. give it a go? That, I mean, that's what I would have guessed as well. The other thing that comes to mind is uh, Nicole Spice, Nicole Scherzinger, but I can't <laughs> at, like actually um, guess Nicole. that. <laughs> so I'm <laughs> going to go with, um, it, it can't be Sporty Spice because she's a fan of sports, so it must yeah. Be baby spice, baby spice. Jerry, half point. That is correct, whoa, Justin. Whoa. Wow. Wow. Ba- wow. <laughs> baby spice is not Jerry. She is Emma. I'd like to clarify, but I did say baby spice first. So. <laughs> you did. You did yeah, say that's, that. That's, that's, yeah, that's, a, that's confusing. A, that's Emma for that's future reference. Anti-British. That. <laughs> For the record, really depends on the sentiment, but I can get behind it's it. It's racist against British people. That's yeah, not true. poor British people. It's poor so British people. I'm all Irish. throughout history. I'm Irish. So. We've had the worst time. Yeah, you're so Irish. <laughs> so Irish. I'm literally half as much Irish as I am Chinese, which is <laughs> well, the Irish have been persecuted as well. They. It's so. it's true. It's different. I've it heard true. about that. It's the Irish love to talk about that. If you haven't heard, they love. The yeah, they love to get on the band to talk about. However, you know what the British like to do is conquer other nations <laughs> <laughs> with their guns and their bombs. <laughs> okay, and their bombs. Give me a question. Okay. No, is it Justin's it, question? It's Justin's oh, question. Okay. So, Justin, for okay. a full point. Everybody in life is a chameleon. This is wild. Again, my first choice would be like Mariah Spice, as in Mariah Carey. But um, I, okay, a, a, a spice said everybody is a chameleon. I'm going to go with Mel B. Mel B for a full point. That is not correct. Darn. Kayla, would you like to give that one a try? Okay. The quote again is, just, everybody in life is a chameleon. Just for clarity, Mel B is Scary Spice. That's correct. Okay. Everyone is a chameleon in life. Everybody in life is a chameleon. Oh, that changes everything. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. I don't know. Ginger Spice? 
That is not correct. The Fuck. correct answer is Mel C. Sporty Spice. Oh my God, she would. Okay. That's give me okay. A, give me a question. All right. Here's I'm your ready. question for a full point. Quote is, I was never going to give Mariah Carey any competition. I can't deal <laughs> with this question. <laughs> oh my God. You okay. plan this. Here, here are so my thoughts. Hard. I just I'm gonna narrate my thought process real quick. Okay, so Mel whichever the Mel is the sporty spice, which I know I just heard, but I can't keep it straight. Melcy is the I think the most accomplished vocalist of the group. So it is a possibility she might have said this because she still can't keep pace with Mariah. Um I think of course Posh or Baby could have said this because they're vocals are the most lackluster i don't know i don't have a relationship with if scary spice slash mel b b would have said this um what are their last names and then what was uh, it the last one is ginger who i don't know i'm gonna guess i'm gonna go with my gut can you read the quote one more time i was never going to give mariah carey any competition I'm gonna go with Posh Spice. Posh Spice, that is correct. <laughs> One point. Literally, the reason I'll pick, <sighs> pick her be, is because I don't know why, but I thought they both dated athletes. Um, anyway, <laughs> I'll pass it on. Okay. All right. Well, there you go. There you have it. Well, that's the first round. So the easy questions okay. are over. Here's the next one. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, my God. This is hard. So hard. All right, Alice. The quote is, the success of this album is very much in question. Who knows where it's going to go? My being a Spice Girl is no guarantee of anything, although I hope it'll benefit the sales. Okay. So somebody who had a solo album which is like a lot of them, I think. Um, okay. And they're kind of pretty, okay. So I think it might be Mel C. She had a pretty notable, uh, solo album that I think did well. So I'm just going to, I'm going to guess Mel C. Mel C, Sporty Spice. That is correct. Yay! For a full point. Yay. All right. Justin. I'm going to order myself a burger. Yeah, do it. You deserve it. Sporty. Well done, me. Sporty. All right. So here we go. Your quote, Justin, is, I know I'm not a great singer, but I love to sing, and I like to use my voice in different ways. Wait. <laughs> Selena Gomez. Oh, um, it, no. So it was... <laughs> No, um, I, I'm going to go with the most Selena-like of the spices. We'll go Baby Spice. Baby Spice? That is not correct. Darn it. Halo, would you like to steal? Oh God, I would have guessed Baby Spice, I would like too. to steal. Can I hear the quote once again? The quote is, I know I'm not a great singer, but I love to sing, and I like to use my voice in different ways. And the guess that Justin supplied was... Sporty baby or Emma. baby, I, baby, no. baby, baby. Yeah, those are different. Spices. Wow, I'm getting them mixed up already. Yeah. I get get it. <laughs> this is hard. So it was baby. You said you. I said baby. Okay, baby. Use my voice in different ways. So, can you read it one more time? 
I know I'm not a great singer, but I love to sing and I like to use my voice in different ways. It's gotta be posh. Posh Spice, it is not. No! Who is it? It's Melcy Sporty Spice. Oh, fuck. I thought she was the good oh singer. She is the oh, good wow. singer. Well, she <laughs> is. I'm honestly just like, I'm, I'm being, I Sugar. can't deal with this. I'm being assaulted. All right, with so... facts. <laughs> with facts. Isn't this how the game is? Facts. Yeah, no, Reality. I'm being assaulted with quotes. It's just, this is the nature of it. All right. Quoth the Spice Girl for Kayla's full point question. My favorite word is existentialism. I can't say it, and I'm not quite sure what it means. I can't say it. Okay, who wouldn't have been able to pronounce existentialism? Who would have liked that? It's gotta be baby. Oh, wait, is it baby or is it ginger? I'm confused. Okay, I'm channeling their essence. It's baby. Baby Spice, it isn't. No! Okay, so Alice, you get to steal. (gasps) Okay, so what's the quote? Tell me. The quote is, my favorite word is existentialism. I can't say it, and I'm not quite sure what it means. Okay, I think it's posh. I think it's posh? I'm afraid Mm -hmm. that it is not posh. (sighs) It is ginger. Oh... That's such a weird thing to say. My what my favorite quote is existentialism. I can't say it and I don't know what it means. <laughs> yeah, I wonder if they asked what her favorite word was and she was like, "You know what? It's existentialism." Okay, Ginger. Okay, Ginger. Anyway. It is what it is. Next one for you, Alice. All right, mm-hmm. here we go. The quote is I'm definitely a glass is always half full, not half empty kind of person, which is why I love living in America. Okay. Well, have they all lived in America? I don't know. So yeah, I don't know. Um, the one that I know for sure has lived in America is Victoria. So I would be inclined to say Victoria Beckham, even though she doesn't seem like a glass half full person, but I'll say her. Great. That is correct. Whoa. Ah. Great. It's posh. It's posh. Posh. Wait, posh wait. Can I can I interject a challenge into this game? Sure, go for it. Okay. Yeah. I don't know if we can accomplish this, but can each of us give two versions of high babes? One Lawrence Cheney and one Bimini. <gasps> okay. Alice, do you want to go first? I feel like you're the most ready for this. Um, uh, okay, I need to, like... So, Bimini. Bimini is an Essex gal. Um, I, 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 uh, I get very, like, in my... Like, when I'm speaking an American accent, I get, like... It's hard for me to then be, like, English. We're um, American, and we literally... You could just speak, like, like, Norwegian, and we'd be like, that's a great... <laughs> <laughs> I'll speak Klingon, please. And <laughs> um, like, right. hi babes, hi babes is more Bimini. Hi babes, uh, and then Lawrence Chen is from Scotland. Hi babs, hi babs, hi babs. Uh, 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 how are you? Rude. <laughs> 
<laughs> Love you, babes. <laughs> Love you, Michelle Visage. <laughs> that's not right. That's not right. Yeah, that was incredible. That was really good. Beautiful. <laughs> Great work. Okay. I, I feel like Lawrence was always like a lot of energy. And Bimini's a bit like, hi, babs. No, you're right. Yeah. She, she kind of says, you like, are. hiya, babs. Like, hiya, babs. Like, I don't know. Yeah, and I, I feel like Lawrence says, like, babs a lot. Babs, yeah, babs. Hello, babs. Yeah. Hello, babs. How are you? Okay, one thing. Okay, before we move on to Justin's question. You have I to do it. No, you each have to do it. We have to do it. You, okay. made, you said okay, it. Okay. And you then I have one more. And then I have one more RuPaul question. Maybe at the end of the next round of, of, of the quiz. Justin, do you want to go next? I'll go, but it's going to okay. be different. Okay. No, I love it. I'm going to do, do Lawrence Cheney first because I have a completely different recollection than Alice does. I, I feel like... Lawrence just changes the vowel entirely and she's sort of like, hi, Biebs. Like, she just says, Biebs. Uh, no, you're right. No, you're absolutely right. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. Biebs. Hiya, like Biebs. Hiya, Biebs. Then, no, you're right. Um, I, Bimini is like, uh, the only thing I can equate her to is just like really vocal fry, like California. But then like with Alice's, um, with, like, enunciation, so like, Hi, Babs. I can't do her. I can't do Bimini, but I can do Lawrence. <laughs> your Lawrence was so... You're right. Yeah, no, your she, she's very correct. like, Babes, Babes, because she's from Glasgow. Yeah. yeah. So it's like really, like, really Scottish. Like, actually, it's like, Babes. Yeah. Babes. Yeah. yeah. So right. I'm very influenced by that pronunciation. So I'll say my Lawrence Cheney, uh, RuPaul, Hiya, ba- Babes. Hiya, Babes. Um, and then, or like, uh, <laughs> oh, uh, eh, hen, <laughs> hen, I don't know. Okay. And then Hi, they hen. are like, um, ho, like, ho, like, it's like a longer mouth shape. It's hoi like, vibes. hoi, hoi, hoi vibes. Uh, hoi vibes. You look great. Hi vibes. Hi vibes. <laughs> and also doing the little, like, <laughs> She has a little bit of filler and like the vibes, like with a little, yeah. and it's yeah. sort of an Essex thing, I think, to have that is, sort of yeah. like filler. Filler, <laughs> filler is an yeah. Essex thing. High vibes. It is. Like, though. Yeah. <laughs> Those are really good. Yeah. Wow. That was a rousing. Bimini's bit like, Bimini's bit like, kind of like, I was just talking yeah. a bit like this. Like, oh, hi, like, Dismantle right. the patriarchy. Dismantle the patriarchy. Was that offensive? No. 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 But Essex and Australian are like, there's a, there's a little bit of a common thread. <laughs> Did Essex people go to jail in Australia? Well, okay. So the interesting thing about Australia is that, well, you were, I guess you already know this because you said jail, but like, that's where the English people went to jail. So like, yeah, maybe they were mostly from Essex. <laughs> that's probably, and that's why oh, they sound like history. that. I don't know if that's correct. All right. Do we have another round? No, it's round true. That's where they do. sent all the prisoners. My family yeah. are Australian. My, my grandma was Australian. Because she, did somebody in her lineage get sent to prison? I guess. 
I mean, well, no, I mean, it's that or she's indigenous to Australia and that's, she's not indigenous to Australia. Either way, it's, there's a lot of questions I got, you know? Yeah, a lot of questions. Hmm. All right, let's go. All right, let's roll on. Okay, Justin, your quote is, I am a huge fan of Gwen Stefani. Okay, well, I can use my context clues here. Gwen Stefani is blonde. Gwen Stefani is appropriative. Gwen Stefani is sort of an insufferable, which I don't think the, the, the spices are. But if anybody likes Gwen Stefani, it's going to be someone like who sees themselves in Gwen Stefani. So I will answer Baby Spice once again. Is it Baby Spice? It is Baby Spice, Justin. Holy yes. shit. Beautiful work. Great job. Thank you. All right, Kayla. I was going to say Jerry. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I was going to say, say honestly, I was going to say Jerry because she's the one who most often appeared in Chinese dress in in Spice World. I was like, that's a Gwen Stefani if I've ever seen one. (laughs) (laughs) So Gwen Stefani. I mean, Gwen also did a lot of appropriative shit. So it wasn't just so much appropriate. A lot of South Asian. Okay, all right, keep going. Okay, Kayla, your quote is. I collect art. I just recently bought two gorgeous photographs of Marilyn Monroe by international photographer Eve Arnold, and I know it sounds horrible, but when she dies, all her pictures are going to be worth triple. But I won't tell you how much I got them for. Let's just say it was a lot. That's a thousand percent Victoria Beckham. It is not. No! Wait, I'm actually shocked. I'm so sorry. (gasps) You know what? Mm, I'm remembering a moment from Spice World. Okay. (laughs) <laughs> all okay, right can, can you see the quote again all right here's again? the quote again no i collect art i just recently bought two gorgeous photographs of marilyn monroe by international photographer eve arnold and i know it sounds horrible but when she dies all her pictures are going to be worth triple but i won't tell you how much i got them for let's just say it was a lot i can't believe she said when she dies this is a quote from spice world is this a quote from spice right? world I don't, I don't know. I think it I is. I think it's just from the person. I don't know. It Wait, sounds it like a, a it's not, okay. They put it in Spice World. To me, <laughs> <laughs> to me, it sounds like in a movie when the dumb person is actually saying something really intelligent mm. um, and you're like, oh, haha, like the dumb person is suddenly intelligent. Do you know what I mean? Mm, sure. Um, so I think Bless. it is, and you guessed it was who? I guess Pa. You guessed Victoria Beckham. You guessed Victoria Beckham. Yeah. So I think it's um uh babe. Bimini Bamboo Ash. Bimini Bimini Babes. Um, <laughs> sister. <laughs> sister. Um. Oh God, I don't know. I'm just gonna guess. I'm just gonna guess, baby, because I don't know. Whatever. I don't know. All right, baby spice, Emma B. It is not. I'm afraid it is Mel B. A quote from I think real life. Oh, okay. Did she not know Marilyn Monroe was dead? I can't deal with it. No, Eve Arnold, the photographer, is going to okay. That was just a photographer. Okay. That was just a weird case of pronouns where I thought that she was referring to Marilyn Monroe. Right. But I mean, okay. All right. Referring to the photographer. Let's go for it. (laughs) All right, Alice. Again, for your full point question. Oh, Oh, my question. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) 
Be sweet and honest always, but for God's sake, don't eat my donuts. <laughs> Ariana Grande. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh my God. Be sweet and honest always, but for God's sake, don't eat my donuts. Uh, I'm just going to go with baby. I don't know. That is correct. Oh my God. Yay. Beautiful job. I think I have three points. I no, think... I think you're winning. You're definitely yeah. leading the pack here. Well, can we get a point update? Is this our last round? We have <laughs> Kayla has one point. Justin has 1.5 points. And Alice has three points currently. Oh my God. Wow. UK hun. UK hun. <laughs> ding, bang, bong. Ding, dang, dong. Ding, ding, song. song. UK hun. <laughs> Release the beast. <laughs> Bring back my girls. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Did you see there was like um, Princess Diana if she was a guest on RuPaul's Drag Race? I saw I Princess Diana a lot of memes about like what she would do if she was alive, including she would know Nikki's Merce, verse, Merce, Nikki's Merce on Vonster. <laughs> yeah, I hope so. But I did not see that she would be on UK's. She would, though. She would be in a also big Nikki. ass, like She'd shoulder ass. padded yeah. sequin blazer. Wait. Versace. I'll send you. Oh I'll send you God. the. Absolutely. It was like Princess Diana if she was on um, Drag Race. Oh, oh yes, she had lived and been a judge on RuPaul's Drag Race. No, she would. Be, I, she would be so like into it. I feel like she would be. She would buy in for sure. Oh yeah. Do she'd we, be a great judge? Do well, we like the queens would love her too? What? Yeah. Do we like Ahura's verse better or Bimini's better? I liked Ahura's and then I liked Bimini's and now I can't decide. <laughs> what I like about Ahura's is how stupid it was. How she was just making like sex noises. That <laughs> is what Drag Race is for. Yeah. Um, again, a little Dadaism goes a long way. Or like, <laughs> it's not Dadaism. That has a purpose, which is sex. I don't know what what's, what aesthetic school Ahura is a part of. Um, I also liked Ahura's yeah. ac- like Welsh accent. I liked her, her and Tase's accent. Um, so oh, no, Ahura's Northern. I oh, I thought they both said they were from Wales at the beginning, and then oh. I was confused because I was like, "You don't sound the same." But that makes no, way is more definitely sad. Welsh. I okay. think Ahura is Northern. From okay, that makes so much more sense. Remember, okay, yeah. Um, were you gonna come back at us with some? Questions? Oh yeah, I'll come back. At oh you yes, questions. Yeah. Here we are. All right, Justin. Yes. Your quote is, "I know about investment." It's really obvious. You buy property, let it sit for a couple of years, and then sell it and reinvest. End quote. Oh, my God. Wow. The cheek, the gold, the gumption, whatever else. It's um, Robin Hood. Um, I don't know. <laughs> um, okay, here we go. I know of Nottingham. 
I'm sorry. What was that? I, that was in, that was pure pure bread English. Who no would know about investing? I mean, the obvious choice is posh because she's the richest. Obvious, like for sure. But I, this game is using reverse psychology. I've clocked it. I know what you're doing to us. So I'm not gonna guess posh spice. I am instead going to guess the other investor. Um, it's Mel B. Mel B said it. Scary Spice. Well done. It is Fun. Scary Spice. I'm never going to win this game. I am. I believe in myself. I'm going to win. Is this, this the last round? Uh, it is. So there's no way I'm winning. <gasps> so I will win. Yeah, you will. <laughs> All right. Here is the next quote, Kayla. In school nativity plays, I was always the bloody little donkey. I was never merry. This makes me sad because I played a donkey in the school nativity play. I literally played a donkey. And that makes me want to say that it's scary spice just because of the pen 15 thing of the like, you're not fully human. So you'll be cast as literally an animal. However, like wanting to think that makes me be like, oh my God, I'm like I'm racist, but no, no, no. But you're not thinking that because you think that you're thinking that because you know how the world works. Because I literally like you know how like society thinks. In the yeah, you're not like I was the donkey. Yeah, um, I'll just say I'll just say it's scary spice, and hopefully it's not. Hopefully I'm wrong. You are wrong. It is Jerry. She was the donkey. Oh. Oh, I'm sorry. I was supposed to give. I just was so excited to give the answer for that. We do have. Justin did not guess. Alice is gonna win either way. She doesn't need the point. We have. We have one more question for Alice to answer or not answer and potentially get tied. Get a tie with Justin. Okay. This question. This quote is. These what? people are amazing. Huh? <laughs> because I said, what? Because, That's not fair. I just want to win. Because Why we wrote down this? quotes. I'm sorry. We couldn't cut mm-hmm. any of them. They were all just too good. They were all I just won't cut it. It'll be fine. <laughs> all right. The quote is, these people are amazing. It's so emotional. I was thinking about wearing waterproof mascara. <laughs> what was this? Do we have context for this quote? No, you don't. <sighs> Can we get These it? people are amazing. It's so emotional. I was thinking about wearing waterproof mascara. Can you say mascara? Mascara. 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 I was thinking about wearing waterproof mascara. Rimmel, London. Rimmel, London. <laughs> or L'Oreal, because you're worth it. <laughs> um... <laughs> Fuck. Uh, uh, mascara. It was. It was so emotional. Um. Oh, this is. Uh, I don't know. I. I think it's gonna be. I think it's gonna be baby. I don't know. Baby. I'm afraid yeah. that is not correct. Justin, would you like to try okay. to steal that one for a half point? 
See, I would have also. But you're not gonna tie with me. Yeah, I'm not gonna tie with you. Um, I feel like my cat. Took a I would have also head. guessed baby because uh, because of, it's about crying essentially. But I know that yeah. these guys, there, you guys are employing again reverse psychology. So I'm gonna yeah. go with who is not the obvious crier, and that would be posh Victoria Beckham. That is correct. Oh my god! Which brings us. No. It's not a tie, though, because I have three points, and Justin has two and a half points. I got a half point. Or one and a half. But now Justin has three points. Why half? Wait, do we have a double winner? I thought Justin only had one and a half. I had two and a half. And Justin got a point, and then Justin got a half a point. So before the last round. Justin. A tiebreaker. Wait, this is so excited. This This isn't fair. This has never happened. This has never happened. This isn't Okay, I just want to protest. Okay. Um, well, we are operating in America, and you can. The voting systems are totally can, fucked. Yes, no, you can honest. protest here, but yeah, your vote doesn't really count. So good luck. As, I can contest the vo- vote, and I'm going to get my lawyer, Rudy Giuliani, to have a look at these. Oh results. my God, Rudy, he's really respected. As yeah, Naomi Smalls would say, life's not fair. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay, what's this last one? So our tiebreaker will be buzz in, I suppose. And oh, shit. we'll say hi, think- babes. Hiya babes. Hiya babes to buzz in. Hiya babes. How do you? Once I say and you feel free to buzz in as soon as I say unquote because that is the format I've decided to choose. All right, here is the Spice Girl quote for the win. Okay. Quote If slaughterhouses had glass walls, (laughs) everyone (laughs) would be a vegetarian. Unquote. <laughs> Hiya, babes. Yes, Alice. I don't know why I think it's mousy. I'm afraid that is incorrect. <laughs> Justin, would you like to, right. to give it a go? Okay, I'm going to give it a go. This My answer is based on a stereotype, which is that I, a lot of redheads are vegetarians. And so I'm going to go uh, with, uh, you're right. with you're right. Jerry. It's Jerry. I'm afraid that is also incorrect. Wait, can I get a quarter of a point? <laughs> I'm not gonna win. Yeah. For, for 500 points, Kayla. What? Who said that? What Spice Girl said this quote? Okay, and my options by now are Scary Spice and Baby Spice, right? Oh no, there's one other Spice. Sporty and I'm posh. posh. I said sporty, and, and Justin said um, posh, ginger, right? Posh, baby, scary. Are my options? Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. I'm ready. Can you read it one more time? Mm-hmm. I'm channeling them. Okay. <laughs> the quote is: "If slaughterhouses had glass walls, everyone would be a vegetarian." 
Wait, the answer is Bimini Bamboulash. It's a trick question. <laughs> <laughs> I'm vegan. <laughs> oh my God. I'm a vegan. <laughs> I'm vegan. Um, I'm going to, I don't know. Something's telling me scary spice. I don't know if she's vegetarian, but that is what my heart is telling me. All right. For all the apples in the orchard. I got it wrong. Scary spice is incorrect. Yeah. Who got who said it? Oh my god, who uh, was it? Y'all did forget the most important spice, Paul McCartney. And that is who said this quote. <laughs> no. What a little shit, Pam. I no. knew it was a trick. Thank question. you for playing. If little you, you a winner, you gotta remember all this stuff my friend said. <laughs> no. Nice try and you good luck are, next time. Well, I won then. Oh, I won. Yeah. I got three points. Yeah. yeah. No, yeah. Alice did win. Alice won. Well, technically, just Winner. Alice what a little tied. trickster. Oh, shit, wait. But Alice got to three points first. So that's true. Alice that's, true. Okay. that's true. Um, oh, Justin well, also got to three points. Did you also get to three points? Me? Yeah, but I oh, think I did. Won. Justin did. Um, well, I want to congratulate Justin and Alice on their superior job in this game. I want to congratulate you. me for saying that the Beatles are the Spice Girls. I want to congratulate <laughs> our producer for creating this honestly roller coaster game. So thank you to Aaron Burnett. Thank you, Cameron Toy. Thank you, Jeremy Smith. Um, and thank you to the listeners who are taking in this honestly gem of an episode that has so much uh, really deep cultural criticism. I'm not even joking. I feel like we went really this episode and you're welcome. But like, if you feel moved, like rate, comment, subscribe, leave us a written review, all of that good stuff. Thanks for being pay my rent. Yeah. Venmo us and um, do the whatever equivalent of Venmo for uh, Alice who lives there's in the none. UK. There's none. Monzo. I mean, there's Monzo. But I don't What's Monzo? It's like kind of like Venmo. <laughs> but like, not really. Oh my God. I have one last favorite. Yeah. If you can offer to our American listeners, Alice, because this really helped me. Can you explain in a couple of sentences what the fuck a repeater badge means to like for American <laughs> audiences who don't have the cultural uh, fluency? Repeater badges. Um, so blue, blue Peter is a, is a very um, iconic English a children's TV show and you can win what they call a blue Peter badge. And there are like all these different levels of badge, but you could like win one by like writing in or like doing an active like community service or it's like a special, like it's like a, a recognition for children who have like contributed in some way and been like acknowledged on the show. So um, it's their little take on Blue Peter, which is, it's, Blue Peter is like very, very iconic. Like everyone knows it, it, it just, just like part of the culture. No, my favorite part about that analysis when I asked you about it is that because I didn't know and I looked it up, but I didn't really like understand. But that like the idea that it came from a children's show is honestly, I feel like the key to understand what a Rue Peter badge is. Well, 
Um, yeah. Thank you. Absolutely. Thank you again, Alice, to being on this show. It's been such thank a pleasure. You. Thank you, Justin. Thanks, Faye. you says. Yeah, thanks, Faye. Thank you for doing Faye. Faye. All right. Faye, I'm going to go catch my horse cheating on me. <laughs> My, my horse Clap for the Bing Bang Bong. <laughs> Clap for the Bing Bang Bong. Clap for the Zing Bang Bong. This year, my horse was held at gunpoint and my horse was murdered. The eyes are the nipples of the face. Oh my. Okay, this is over.